That's the pose, man. That's it. That's it. That, yeah, know, this you know. one too, right? This yeah. one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I should have yeah. done that. Right. There right, you right. go. That's the that's the classic. Yes. That what is, is the going classic. on? We All have right. in the house. He has returned. He has returned. That's right. To the movie dojo on the Verbal Nectar Podcast. The master of remaster, Frank Jang in the house. That's right. Yeah. The D is and, silent. <laughs> that's right. The D is silent. Yes, <laughs> it's you know, I, you, you have no idea how much Django helped me. You know, Tarantino's film helped me. Ah. Like, once that film came out, you know, where you know, you know Jamie Foxx in the D silent, right? In the right, movie, right, yeah, right, right. Nobody has ever mispronounced my last name ever again. I'm, I'm serious. Right. After that film, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm surprised I haven't fucked it up. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> watch. I'll mess it up by the end of the video at some point because I'm horrible with names. But luckily. Luckily, I have the legend here to help me out with any names I botch uh, <laughs> later in the in our discussion. But yes, it is an honor to have you here, my friend, by yourself. No Rick. That's right. Rick button in, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no Rick cutting me off. No Rick, no Rick shaking his head. No Rick shaking his head while I talk, right? No, none of that shit. <laughs> oh, we love we love Rick. Shout out to Rick. Oh yeah, uh, no, we love Rick. But uh, yeah, it's great to have you here. And you know, you, I mean, we're gonna get into it with you and how you got involved with Tai Singh Entertainment and all that stuff. But you know, for a long time, and I was just talking about this yesterday, which is kind of interesting on my live Q and A. But for a long time, we suffered here in America. <laughs> We have suffered, suffering. suffered, okay? Yeah. We could not just go to Kmart, you know, hey, hey, you guys got Drunken Master 2 here? Do you have it, you know? Do you have Armor of God here, Kmart? Not going to find <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we it was bootlegs, conventions, tape trading. I mean, we had to do what we had to do to try to find. And then scan. Yeah, pan yeah, and pan scan. scan is the worst, man. You know? Oh yeah, full yeah. screen, full screen. dubbing. You know, I have a yeah. I have a horrible pan and scan story. So okay, it's funny, but I got to make fun of myself. It's fun here, but <laughs> what you call it? So I went. I wasn't hip to widescreen yet, right? Because I was an idiot. So I went and bought Braveheart. I went to Best Buy, bought Braveheart double VHS, <laughs> right? You're right. Back in the day. What? Didn't have DVD yet. <laughs> stood stood in line. Stood in line to buy Braveheart. I couldn't. I loved it in the theater. I couldn't wait to watch it. Stood in line to buy Braveheart, and then I looked down and I saw widescreen. Uh, the evil word. I was like, oh, bleh, bleh. oh yeah, so, no, that's 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 what one of my you know old library coworkers said. She said, I hate those black bars. Yeah. <laughs> I paid for a 65-inch TV exactly. and not to exactly. watch a 40-inch movie. Right. So I ran back and 
returned it and grabbed full screen Braveheart. Oh, Are you guys boy. hearing this chat? <laughs> and got in line and paid for it, went home, and then when I popped it in, I I one of one of the most memorable scenes in that movie is, you know, when the guy gets, you know, stabbed through the junk and it comes out his ass, right? <laughs> so I was like, hey, I don't see the sword coming out of his ass. What the fuck is this? So I immediately returned it. That was what turned me over to a white screen. <laughs> and I look, I want to see all of the violence, all of the gore, okay, damn it. But yeah, I had to tell that story because everybody laughs at that. Oh yeah, uh, you know, yes. you wouldn't imagine like how much I tried to educate some of my coworkers. Like, oh. like you know, like before I started working at Taizang, you know, I I already sort of have a library career. So I was working in the library, and my supervisor, she said, "I'm a big movie fan." I said, "If you're a big movie fan, you should watch right. these in widescreen." Yeah, and she said, "What's widescreen?" And then I what what I did was I actually made her a VHS tape from my Laserdisc collection of okay. all those films. That look great in widescreen. Batman, you know, like Lawrence of Arabia, Blade Runner, you know, you you name it. Basically, the the, the stuff that should be seen in widescreen. And I, and I gave her the tape. I said, "Well, enjoy it." And then the next day, she said, "I hate those black bars." You know, <laughs> like, well, you know, I can only see like one third of my TV. Like she didn't get it, you know. But yeah, it took a while. It, it took, took a while. while. Yes. Yeah, it took a while. We got here in the house. Jake Hall saying, "What's going on, Fred Samurai guy?" Uh, and Frank. That's right. Movie Dojo Army is watching right now. Yeah, it, it suffered. And then don't forget, it took so long for people to appreciate widescreen that there were even full-screen DVDs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And it was one, like, full screen on one side, widescreen yeah. on the other side. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, at least man. they have a choice. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they have a, yeah, well, at least they have a yeah. choice. But it's so great to have you here. And let's, oh, let's, let's go here. back in time, my friend. Sure. Let's go back in time. <laughs> You know, get on the DeLorean. <laughs> get on the DeLorean on time machine. 121 gigawatts. There Let's go, go back in time. So what 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 got you into loving movies? What movies did you watch back in the day uh, growing up in Hong Kong? What what, what was some of the, your favorites growing up? Uh, I, I definitely have my late mother to thank. Um, I remember I was like either four or five. Yeah. And it was a Sunday. And... Um, I think my sister, it, it, it has to be either Sunday or Saturday. My elder sister was like in school or something. And then just me and my younger sister. And then my mom all of a sudden said, hey, you guys want to go see a movie? And I thought, what's a movie? You know, she said, oh, you know, it's a great, you know, like, like, like storytelling, but in your big screen and yeah. theater and all that stuff. Yeah. And she's, I said, sure. You know, so, so me, my mom and my younger sister went to see Gone with the Wind. Oh, wow. So that was big my screen. first film. Big screen. Yeah, it was yeah. A, you know at that time Hong Kong like this is like early seventies, right? So so right. you know from time to time some some Hong Kong theaters when they either don't have enough film to show or they just feel like you know this is a popular film let's bring it back so that people can go see it so they would bring some you know some of the Hollywood classic back to the big screen and it just so happened that week that week they were showing Gone with the Wind and my mom loved Gone, Gone with the Wind you know she's seen it before and so she wanted us to experience she wanted to go see it basically but she didn't want yeah. to go. Obviously, she can't go by herself because then no one would be home to take care of them. My dad was at work and all that. So anyway, we went, we all went to see Gone with the Wind. I loved it. You know, I I still yeah. remember the the Atlanta burning, you know, the burning of Atlanta sequence. That that was like you know, fantastic. It was so unforgettable. Yeah. You know, of course, my sister slept through the whole thing. You know, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember the movie was long, but I was never bored yeah. or I never fell asleep, and that kind of started my love for movies. And then wow. after that, yeah, and then I think either a few weeks or a year later, uh, they were showing the sound of music again. Oh, all right. 
and we went. every mountain. So, so we, we, you know, that this time is the whole family. The whole family went to see the sound of music. And I remember it was like the nine nine thirty show, and then it like went all the way through midnight. Again, my sister slept through it, but I love it. I thought it was fantastic. I just yeah. loved it. You know that that was the movie that kind of brought me into musical. So I, I I mean I don't really like a lot of musical, but there's some musicals I think are great. So yeah. sound of music definitely one of them. But that's how I started. That's how I started. You know, that liking was the beginning. That was the beginning, right? Right. And then. When, when um, you were in the theater, when you saw Gone with the Wind and, and you heard the very first curse word in, in cinema history, what did, 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 did the theater go, oh, he said the word damn. Well, yeah, remember. <laughs> but yeah, but then we didn't really know English that much. So, oh, you know, okay. And, right, and it was subtitles. So it just say, you know, like he said, Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah, you know, the subtitles just say, you know, Frankly, my dear, I really don't care. That's what, you know, oh. like the way Okay, so yeah, okay, so, okay. You know, of course, you know, at that time I was too young to know in Confederate. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But I was just mesmerized by the screen, by the color. Oh yeah, and by the images, and you know, and I still remember the intermission because there was an intermission when she raised her fist. You know, you know, uh, you know, in the middle, in the half point when yeah. she went back to her home, and then she said, you know, we're not being hungry or whatever ever again. Right, right, right. And right. then you have that dolly shot going back, and then the intermission. I still remember that Man. literally. But yeah, I mean that's that's how I got into movies, and then and then um, every time you know uh, when uh, you have advertisement for movies that are coming out, you know when I, when I watch them on TV, I would say, oh, I want to go see that. I want to go see that. That was but it. The problem, yeah. So so I would you know sometimes I would go see them with my friends, uh, rarely with my family again though, because you know later in seventy, like both of my parents had to work, so they they hardly had any time to take us to the movie. I did go see Star Wars with my dad. That was a great experience. Oh it, my god, yeah. you saw it in yeah. theater. I saw oh the, my yeah. god. I saw the new hope in the theater with, with my dad and then saw wow. um Jackie Chan's spiritual kung fu in the theater. Oh all right. yeah. All right. Yeah, no, that was nice. Although but the, the thing that I um really wanted to see the most at that time was short butter movies because they were right. always advertising on tv and they say oh you're coming you know like this thursday you know this movie starting t long whatever cripple avengers you know oh my god cripple Avengers! i gotta go see it but every time i try to go see it it always says not suitable for for children nope not suitable for children and actually (laughs) one time i did try to go see it i actually tried to push my luck so when cripple avengers came out yeah, I actually yeah. went to the Shaw Brothers Theater. You know, I mean, Shaw Brothers has their own theater like throughout Kowloon and Hong Kong. So I went to the one near my closest to my home. They were showing right. Cripple Avengers, and I tried to buy a ticket. He said, "No, nope, sorry, you're too young to watch this ah. movie." The only Shaw Brothers movie that I ever saw in a theater when I grew up in Hong Kong was uh, Super Inframan, the Inframan, the you know okay. the that because yeah. that's the only one that kids can uh, are allowed to go see. You know, right, not right. even Mighty Peking Man because there was nudity in it. I so right. much want to go see Mighty Peking Man, but I couldn't yeah. get in. And it's so ironic because I got to go see King Kong, you know, the one with Jeff Bridges and yeah. Jessica Lange. Nice. That one, I went in to see it, no problem. I went to see okay. it in, in the theater, no problem. But I couldn't go see Mighty Peking Man. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that just made it worse, right? Every, any, especially when you're young, when you're deni- denied access. Mm-hmm. You just want to see it even more, you know? Yeah, 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 and yeah, I want to see whatever we want to see, and you know, 
uh, back then, you know, watching movie wasn't that expensive. You know, there's there right. like three or four dollars. It's not really too bad, you know. Uh, yeah. And even want to pay more, you pay five bucks. You go sit at the balcony. You know, I saw Empire Strikes Back in the balcony. That was like a luxury for me because I love Star Wars so much. Yeah, I know. I'm, so I'm sorry, I, man. I can't I'm even so imagine. I can't oh yeah, you, you wouldn't. You know, you could not imagine the impact when he said, "I'm your father." You know, I mean, everybody I'm lost scared. it. Everybody just lost. Oh yeah, it. Oh, yeah. no, everyone was gasping. They were just gasping <laughs> because you have to remember again yeah. the subtitle. So right. when he's, you know, when he said no, that yeah. line already came out. So he hasn't even said, "I'm your father" yet. But the Chinese subtitle already said, "No, I am your father." Oh. So people were already gasping before he said yeah. the line. Yeah. Wow. But still. That, that was fantastic, yeah. How how awesome is that? That is yeah. that's that's an awesome time right there. You got yeah. Kyle Wong saying, yep. "What's going on, Frank and Sam?" Hey, Kyle, how's it going, man? So, oh, but man. yeah, like the only Hong Kong movies that I got to see growing up there were either the Hoi Brother comedies, you know, because they're all you know family friendly, right, right. Uh, Sue Warriors, you know, the the Jackie Chan ones, and you know, the Kung Fu right. Comedy, Young Master, Inspector mm-hmm. Kung Fu, all that. So those are those I got to see. That's you know. still awesome, though. That is still oh, awesome, yeah. That? Yeah, in I fact, Sue Warriors was the last Hong Kong movie I saw before I came to the US. Yeah. Oh, what did you think? Yeah. Of, what did you think of Zoo Warriors? I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it is like a perfect realization of of the kind of thing that you usually read in in like you know Chinese martial art novels. There were right. the flying fairies and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. He actually make them. He actually make them fly. I mean, wow, wow, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as a kid, uh, as a kid, you don't realize they're using wires and stuff. But then you know, still, you know, yeah. Got Eric here, Asian movie <laughs> enthusiast, saying Frank is a badass. We all thank know you. This. I am a yeah. badass. Thank you, very much. thank you, Eric. You got to do the point. <laughs> oh man! So, you know, growing up as a te- young teen in the U.S. now, so you you moved to you see uh, you went to the, you came to the U.S.A. and you during the teenage years, mm-hmm. and you went to San Francisco. Well, Oakland to be exact, yeah, Oakland. Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. I, I live in Oakland, yeah. Okay, and every weekend you went to go check out Hong Kong movies. Yes, yes. What happened was, um, when when I found out that because um, in Oakland there's a Chinatown in Oakland, but there's no movie theater in Oakland. Not at that time. By the time, by the time I moved here, uh, there used to be I think a Lux Theater in in Oakland, Chinatown, that used to show all these Kung Fu movies. It's closed by then. So so you know, by the time I got to got here. There were there were no movie theaters in Oakland Chinatown, but right. there were theaters in San Francisco Chinatown. There were four at that time. You know, you have the Wahing, uh, you have the Great Star Pagoda, and the World Theater. So yeah. there was four, four theaters showing different, basically they were showing different Hong Kong movies every weekend almost. So from wow. one from once I saw in the newspaper, oh my God, they're showing these movies, you know. I decided to just go and and watch them, you know, like because because you know by the time right before I left Hong Kong, I already started watching tons of Hong Kong movies, like you know, the like Aces Go Places and all, all yeah. that jazz, you know, right? And, you know, anything that can go in and and, and watch, you know, you know, except the Shaw Brothers stuff. But so so once I realized, oh, you know, you can actually see these new movies here, I just went every weekend, you know, every weekend from high yeah. school through college and then beyond. Yeah, I'm so jealous. The jealousy is going to continue here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no end to your jealousy, man. <laughs> so Empire Strikes Back in theater, you know, you know, classic Jackie Chan in theater, you know. Eh, yeah, yeah, just Drunken Master too, you know. Eh. I got to tell about Drunken Master too, though. Oh my goodness! So, so Great Star show Drunken Master too, and <laughs> okay. you know, normally when they show a new movie, they wouldn't you wouldn't know 
what's the next movie until the day before they start showing? Like, okay. They, 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 you know, they, they will start on a Friday, but you wouldn't know what movie is going to show until Thursday. They don't advertise it. They wouldn't advertise it in the newspapers until like on a Thursday. So like right. once on, on Thursday, you know, okay, this weekend I'm going to go see this and this and this. Yeah. So Drunken Master 2, we, I knew in advance they're going to do Drunken Master 2. And I normally go see the later show because I, you know, I want to eat first and then go, you know, I would go to the San Francisco Chinatown, eat there, and then go see like a 9.30 show. And also because there were always double features. So, so um, actually not the 9.30 shows, the 7.30 shows. I would go there, like I got there, around, I'll get there around six o'clock, eat my dinner, and go buy tickets to see the double feature from 7.30 Man. to 9.30. Man. So what happened with Drunken Master 2 was, they just, it's, it's going to be just a single feature. They're just going to show them a single feature. They're nothing, you know, not like a normal double feature thing. So oh. I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll catch the 9.30 show. Maybe 7.30 is too crowded. Yeah. So, you know, I got there, ate my dinner, and then when I got to Great Star, it's, this is like almost 9 o'clock. They said sold out. 9.30 show is sold out. Wow. And, yeah, 9.30 show is sold out, and there were like 200 people waiting outside with no tickets. There are 200 people waiting outside I want to go see the 9.30 show. Wow. And we wouldn't leave. No, no, none of us would leave because we want to see the movie, you know. And so they decided to show an extra eleven thirty p.m. show just for the people who couldn't get into the nine thirty show. Wow! That was, I think, that was only probably the once and only time right. that I've seen that happen. They're yeah. Like, oh, we'll do one more showing. Screw it. Yeah. Why not? We have two hundred people outside ready to kill us. Yeah, oh. so, so that was memorable. That was that was really so memorable. How was it seeing Drunken Master Two in theater? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was it? Oh, it was great. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, the reaction, the crowd, and also we have, you know, like like even then, I noticed there are quite a few um, Westerners going to see oh. these movies. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. There are quite quite a few, especially for you know Sam Hall movie, Jack Chan movie. Yeah. I always remember this guy with a motorcycle helmet. He will always sit by himself. And he, he had his motorcycle helmet, so so when I, and I recognized him right away when I when I saw him in the theater. He would go to all the theaters that I went. You know, he would go to the World Theater. I remember seeing him at World Theater when he was watching Ashes of Time. Yeah, you know, at Great Star watching Jackie Chan stuff because different studios would play at different theaters. You know, so like Golden Harvest right. stuff is at Great Star, uh, Cinema City at Pagoda. You know, and the independent stuff at um, the World Theater, so to speak. But he, you know, like like almost every other week, I would see him there by himself. With his motorcycle helmet next to him, yeah, and I'll see him grin, smile, what have you. Yeah. And I'll always remember him clap. He was the first guy to clap at the end of Ashes of Time. He loved it so much. He just clap. Like the moment the credit came up, he just started clapping. Wow. Yeah. So, so at that time, I already realized, oh yeah, you know, not you know, like Asians are not the only one that love these movies. Apparently, you know, yes. Westerners like them too. So yes, uh, that guy with the motorcycle helmet. That at any time did he look at Donnie Yen and go, hey. Is that Lou Diamond Phillips? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was funny. Man. <laughs> I had to share that story, man. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, knew, I was like, Frank's good. I'm laugh. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was at the Iron Monkey showing, but yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't right. say. Is that yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips? No, There's hope. Yeah. <laughs> but he, all, I, I, always, I see him grim, grinning all the time. Like he's grinning. Nice. You know, he's enjoying it so much. I'd be so. grinning too. Yeah, grinning <laughs> yeah, too, I know. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, like I said. It's like we we over here. We came late to the game, man. It's like we barely found these movies on VHS, and then you know we barely found them on DVD. But luckily, there was a company out there that was kicking ass and taking names for us at the time. That's right. We didn't have Eureka. We didn't have eighty eight films at the time. We didn't have Arrow. We had Tai Sang Entertainment, and we're gonna get into that a little bit later. So, 
before we move on in terms of your career choice, was there anything else you want to tell us about your movie going experience? Or are you going to save that while we, while we talk? Mm, I mean, that was just, you know, just how I spend my days on weekend, you know, even when I was in college and then, you yeah. know, and then, and then, and then after I graduated from college, I started working. I, I'll still go to the theaters on, you know, Saturday night and Sunday just to catch up on all these, you know, I'm latest so movies coming from Hong Kong, you know, like, you know, Bullet in the Head, Chinese yeah. Ghost Story. I mean, you name it, you know, like, you know, just, just went to see it. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. got a question here from Marco G. He says, Frank, are you associated to Fortune Star Entertainment in Hong Kong? No, I'm not associated with any studios. Okay. I'm I'm myself only. I'm I'm totally independent. Yeah. Uh, right now, of course, you know. Right. Again, the jealousy is continuing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's talk a little bit about how you changed your career and from a full time library worker to working for Tai Sang by chance. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I always wanted to be like a like a you know, I always wanted to do a career in library, even though to be a librarian, you have to have a master degree, right? So, so, um, but you know, you could, oh, you can still work in a library. You can still right. work in a library as like a library assistant or what have you. We have a college degree, so yeah. So after I graduated from you know UC Davis, I um, went to work for you know uh, Oakland Public Library for a few months. Then I went to work at Cal State Hayward Library for a few years. Okay, and then. Um, then afterwards, uh, I went back to Oakland and became a full-time library assistant there. And I was there for about two years. I was getting bored, you know. I mean, it's not that I didn't enjoy the work, but, you know, library is a library, right? I mean, so yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing day in, day out. So, you know, helping people, checking out books and stuff. So, so you know, and, and you know, I was young back then. You know, I, you know, I mean, just came out from college, like, you know, early 20s. So I was getting, I mean, I don't mind the work, but I was feeling a little bit bored. And it yeah. just so happened, uh, a friend of mine, her friend, works at uh, Tai Seng as a human resource person. And she remember hearing the general manager, Helen, at Tai Seng. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to hire, so they're, they're trying to start this English department, right? Because they know okay. this is the man. Right, right. They know this is the man for Hong Kong movies from English speaking fan. And also, there was one other reason for it, which I'll go into later when we get to John Woo. Because right, I think right, it was right. that incident that kind of led to Helen saying, you know what, we'll start our own English department targeting Westerners. Anyway, so they started this English department. They already released like two titles at that time. Um, but they were having a hard time finding a marketing guy. You know, they, they had this marketing manager, but he, she needed someone to help her. And they're trying to find someone. They've been looking for like, months i think you know at least three or four months and they couldn't find the right candidate and so helen was complaining to the hr you know because the hr person said you know what you know, all these candidates you know they're no good they don't know movies they, you know they you know they they all they asked was like well i get to meet jackie chan you know that sort of thing right i mean during right. the interview right there's yeah. some people say, oh, can, well, well you know well, i get to meet jackie chan or jet lee and all that stuff so so they were getting frustrated then the, the, that you know that friend my friend's friend who's the hr person uh remembers me because uh, we're not, I'm not close to her, but we've been out together several times. And she remembered that I mentioned I like movies. I would go see movies every weekend. And she yeah. asked me, hey, you know, we have this opening at Tai Seng. They're looking for a marketing guy. We'd be interested. I said, yeah, sure, why not? You know, yeah, why not, right? So turned in my resume and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, got to an interview. Um, and I went, to, I went into a photo interview. And I actually had, went, got into an argument 
with the marketing manager because she was kind of rude. <laughs> really? And I wasn't I wasn't having I was having none of it. And so yeah. I started kind of arguing with her. Yeah. And for whatever reason, she thought, oh, okay, this guy actually has some opinion on this. I, I don't know. I don't know. Something happened, right? And then was she trying to test you, maybe? Did, maybe I don't know. About it? She was just kind of she was just kind of obnoxious, I, I, oh, I okay. think. You know, the way she asked me questions. Okay, okay. And and I just kind of started throwing I guess I guess she was trying to see how much I know about Hong Kong film. And so ah. she started asking these kind of questions. And then okay. and I just said, you know, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> and I guess that impressed her. So, and then she sent me to Helen, you know, the, the GM, and then she had a talk and stuff. Yeah. And that was it. And then so I left. And that was the interview. I left. And then nothing happened. I, I haven't, I didn't hear back from them for like five, six weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was getting mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, if, you, you know, if you're not going to hire me, at least let me know, right? right. I, I don't, don't leave me hanging in the air. Right. So I, 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 after like six or seven weeks since the, after the interview, I call the, the marketing manager who I call, I call my HR friend first. I say, Hey, what's going on? You know, uh, how come I haven't heard back from you guys? So she then forwarded my call to the marketing manager who interviewed me. And she just said, Oh, we're still, you know, we're still, uh, evaluating. We're still consider you know, we're still in the evaluating reviewing process, but you, you know, you're like one of the top candidates for the job. I said, Oh, well, okay, fine. All right. And then a week after that call, they offered me the job. Yeah, and I actually hesitated in taking it because the pay was actually lower than my library job. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's a you know, it's a city job, so you know, pay is not like too bad, right? Yeah. I mean, right. yeah, benefits are good, but they were offering me, you know, a salary that was almost like eight hundred dollars less a month, eight hundred bucks a month less wow. than my current salary. Yeah, but I thought, you know what, this, you know. Take this would chance. be a good chance for me to kind of use my knowledge and my passion yeah. to, to introduce Hong Kong movies to the Western Western world. So I said, fuck it, I'll try it. You know, if if, yeah. if I didn't like it or whatever reason, I, I can always go back to uh, library work or something. Yeah. Good job. And that's how I awesome. got started. Awesome. Yeah. That is awesome, man. That is really, really cool. I think she was trying to test you, man. Just say, all right, let's see if this guy knows, his, knows what he's talking about. Because I'm sure if you just went in there, I like Bruce Lee. She's <laughs> really like, all right, next. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think during the interview I did mention someone uh, who is not like a Jackie Chan or a Jet Li name. I, right. I forgot who I meant. I, I, I might have mentioned Wong Kar Wai or, or oh, some okay. like yeah. obscure director. It could be Wong Kar Wai. Uh, right. I think that was what impressed her. So, right. Well, look at this good-looking guy. Yep. Look at that guy, man. That yep. ladies' man right there. Look that wall. That. that wall. This is like during my probably my first or second year. You see the duo to the death post uh, flyer on the on a on a the wall there. Oh, so, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably during my second year. So this would have to be like '97. Um, and then nice. by the time I left High Seng, that whole wall is plastered with like stuff. You know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how how cool is that? You look at looking styling and profiling there. I might add. Is that? <laughs> Uh, up in the top right, is that the blade? That's, that's the poster for the blade. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, Tai Sing was also doing theatrical stuff, so we were showing the blade in the theater. And when they sent us the print from Hong Kong, they would send us these posters for us to, you know, display in the theater. I thought, man, I gotta get one of these posters. I just grab one, oh. frame it. Do you still have it? Yes, I still have it. It's in my oh. basement. Though. I still have it. I have That's tons awesome. of posters. I have an Ashes of Pine poster somewhere. Hey, if there's any memorabilia around where you're at, where you can get up and show us, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So that's the great thing because every time yeah. they send this print, they always send the movie poster. They would they wouldn't just send one; they would send like fifty. So I was like, yeah, I can just grab one, you know. 
Yeah. How cool is that? That's cool. Yeah. That uh, Eric here uh, says he's looking forward to Frank's commentary uh, on Frank. Millionaires Express. Yeah, That's I really fun. enjoyed doing that one. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is fun, man. This is this is we're getting a, we're getting some sneak peeks here behind the scenes. This is really yeah. cool. I, I hate wearing the you know the shirt and title. I really hated it. Yeah, you just like, yeah. well, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it's Red it's words. like I think it's almost like ten years of say, Okay, we can do casual Fridays. It's like we don't even meet people. You know, we we only meet people once in a while, right? You know, right, right. So why this... why dress up? But that's how you know. You know, yeah. you, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people didn't realize it, but Tai Sing is actually owned by a Singaporean family. Right. So Tai Sing is not a Chinese company; it's a Singaporean company. Right, yeah. right. So they started in Hong Kong, but but the the you know the 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 family that owned Tai Sing was from yeah. Singapore originally. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. So Singapore, you know, never were we Singaporean. Trust me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, so, so uh, I, I want to know where the where the Sega Genesis is hidden. You got the Sega <laughs> Genesis in there. I know it's in there somewhere. We were still using those modem, man, the dial-up <laughs> modem, and yeah. you know that the the the, the 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 shittier thing about that was, you know, I had to review artwork, and my graphic designer at that time he was in L.A., so once he finished designing something, he would have to send me the artwork by email but because it was you know dialed up modem it would take like one hour just to send me one file oh man yeah those were the days man floppy disks man that was it yeah floppy disk city floppy disk city so you were work so you worked for tyson for 12 years 12 years 1996 to 2008 yeah how cool is that so so let's talk about let's keep it rocking and rolling here i'm having a blast (laughs) talking about this how did you meet this guy this guy, all right. Who is this? <laughs> Santa Claus. No, this is um, Rick Myers. <laughs> this was our first con together. This was at World Con in uh, Anaheim. In uh, I think it was like Labor Day. It was a Labor Day weekend, uh, two thousand six. Uh, two thousand six. So, uh, I'm sorry, no, no, not two thousand six. Nineteen ninety six. So what happened right. was about a month, a month or so after I started working for Tai Seng, uh, Rick Myers came to town. You know, he went. He came to San Francisco, and he met with the you know Helen, the GM, and uh, Helen said, "You know what? You got to meet Frank. You know, you know, Frank shared the same enthusiasm as you are and stuff." Nice. And she, he was trying to persuade Helen to start doing these convention stuff. Oh, okay. really? Right, right, right. He well, okay. he, I don't know whether he went to Comic Con at that time or, or or not because you know obviously it was too late for us to do Comic Con in '96. But he came by, I think it was either like late late June or July. So, you know, uh, memory is a bit fuzzy here. But so it was either he either after or before he went he went to Comic Con that year, if he went at all, all right. So but he was trying to persuade Tai Seng to start doing convention. Okay. That's what started. So he he came and told you know, he told Helen said, you know what? The, you know, we probably couldn't make Comic Con, right? It's too late for Comic Con. But there is Worldcon in Anaheim, and Worldcon goes to different cities every year. It just so happened that year they were doing it in Anaheim, and so he was trying to persuade Helen. You know, maybe we should do it and see how the reaction is. Now that you started this "quote unquote" English line, right? English line. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was that's how we met. You know, Rick, and then so you know she introduced Rick to me, and then we had dinner. We had a great time. She, he was in town for like three days, like like two nights and three days. Yeah. So we basically, you know. Spends both night, you know, like almost like both night, both evening, evening together, having fun, chatting, and then it was decided, yeah, we'll go to Worldcon. We'll we'll book a room, you know, we'll book a. Room. It wasn't too expensive. We'll book a room and we just show these uh, 
you know, these early English department titles, you know, with the new subtitles and remaster picture. In the background there, I see, is that Wing Chun? Yeah, we have Brian Whitehair, obviously, and then behind Rick was Heroic Trio. We have Wing Chun, Executioners, um, and Organized Crime and Tribe. But we also try to show various movies because we had like a room for like three days. It was, you know, it was a three-day show, like Saturday, Sunday, right. Monday. Right, right. So, so you kind of had to spread it out. Yeah, we kind of spread it out. We were showing like one different movies almost, um, you know, every, like every like every day we get to show like six or seven movies. So we ended up yeah. showing close to like at least 15 to 20 movies. I yeah. might have, I might still have the Bride with White Hair poster, the Tyson cool. one. I might, I don't I have might, it. might have it. <laughs> I don't know. I, a lot of posters come and gone over mm-hmm. the years, but I do, I do remember buying it though. I do yeah. remember buying it. And it was weird too because of all the places, mm-hmm. it was like in Suncoast. Woo, I'm dating myself yeah. right there. It's my turn to date myself. Suncoast had posters and, I, and they had bright white hair in there. I was like, "What in the world?" So I bought that. Yeah, um, we realized yes. at that time some of the vendor like Suncoast, we didn't realize we were selling the Suncoast because we were selling to uh, distributors who sell to right. Suncoast, like Ingram and Baker and Taylor. You know, right. um, and when I got when I got to start, uh, work at Tai Seng, the the distribution with these two like Ingram and Baker and Taylor already set up by you know the marketing manager, so that was cool. Uh, it was only later on that we started doing like Tower, Virgin Mega Store, and eventually yeah. Blockbuster and Walmart. And that took some time, you know, because we started going to the Hollywood conventions, trade conventions, the so called VSDA show. VSDA show, you know, Video Software Association show, it's really the precursor to what you're seeing at Comic Con now, all these Hollywood studios. Yeah, it, it, was okay. because they started, it was because they started advertising or promoting this stuff at Comic Con that led to Comic Con, you know, growing so big. But right. also led to the demise of the VSDA show. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really interesting stuff here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like I remember going into Suncoast, and there was always a section dedicated just for martial arts movies. And uh, I remember Duel to the Death was there on VHS and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and then we started. I started seeing DVDs, and then they had. I remember they had a, a section in Suncoast where for, like for foreign DVDs. Right. And I remember seeing for the first, I never seen the movies, but I remember seeing a better tomorrow, a better tomorrow too. And I was like, Hey, it's Charlie and fat. I know who that guy is. Right. And I remember picking up the DVD and looking on the back and I was like, $45. So I was like, <laughs> put that back here. I'm going to go, uh, go walk this way. Uh, no, yeah, blame, like, hey man, blame, blame the distributor. They were asking for an arm and a leg too, you know? Yeah. That was crazy. I mean, you know, because, yeah, I mean, some of those classic titles when it first came out on DVDs, they, you know, they were like asking for a lot of money, even for wholesale. Oh and, wow! Yeah, really? we had no choice but to charge. Like, I remember it was thirty nine ninety nine retail, I think at least. Okay. Yeah, I mean, laser so, is a totally different story. I mean, laser disc now. Drunken that's Master different. Two, Drunken Master Two was eighty nine ninety five. But believe it or not, that was our best selling laser disc title, oh, even at that price. In I fact, be surprised. I know. In fact, when we couldn't sell it because Miramax bought the rights, uh, you know, after Miramax bought the rights, they right. bought the worldwide rights to it, we have to stop right. selling the laser disc. Oh, Even man. after we announced that we stopped selling it, we were still getting thousands and thousands of orders coming in from facts wow. by facts. People are like, can we get? You know, like, like, can we still get them before you you know, cut it off? It's too yeah. late. Yeah. We, wow. we, we, I wonder. I wonder if the if it's worth even more now. If you think about it, I think last time I checked eBay, it was like a hundred bucks or hundred twenty. Went up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So let's keep it going. Talking about how you met Rick and stuff. Now this here, this is the first Comic Con. Yeah, Comic Con Extravaganza right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
going so, back in time. So yeah, so you know, we did Worldcon. We liked it. Helen liked it. Helen thought it's a good, good, you know, promotional chance, and said, "Okay, we'll do Comic Con next year." So that's how we ended up doing the panel. Yeah, and at that oh. time it was just me and him. You know, like later oh. on as the panel grew, we have other guests, right? We have you know, like uh, comedy nerds and all that other 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 staff and other right. other panel panelists. Panelist, but right. in the initial years, just Rick and me, and you know, we would just so, talk about the movie that we're about to show. Okay, so and, you still show? How did you show the movies back then? Just a DVD, a project? You had a back projector. then, we were still. I think in the beginning, we were still showing one like like individual films. Uh, um, it was only until like the second or third year we started doing clips. Uh, I think the first year we were like we had like three hours or four hours, of, at least three hours for that room, and so we decided to show just the movie. And, oh, okay. and, and yeah, I mean that was at least for the first year. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, like we would premiere, good, right? Like we would premiere yeah. a film or something like you know Comic Con premiere. Yeah. But then by, I think yeah, by the second third year, it's like you know what we we should do clips. Yeah, we you know we 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 decide that. We really should do clips so we can introduce more movies, uh, get people, you know, and people have short attention, right? You know, they can't just sit and watch a whole movie. And so that's how we decided to make it more like a clip highlight show. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But this is the beginning. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And you got to love Rick's styling shirts there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. love Rick's shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any other memorable things to talk about while working in Tyson? Do you want to get into that or do you want to talk about some of the reasons why what made you uh, kind of move on? Okay, sure. Well, Tyson, like, like we, you know, we would go to a trade show in the beginning and um, we, were, we were getting, you know, we were actually not being welcome at really? that time initially. Yeah, because. Uh, to some of the distributors or some of the studio, they felt we were intruding, intruding on the turf, you know, like Xenon, you know, like Xenon, you know, cause like you, at that time you have like some distributor like Xenon and Fox Lorber, which I will definitely go into detail later. Okay. They were selling Hong Kong movies. So they were surprised and shocked and also a little bit, um, upset that you had this, you know, Asian company actually here selling Asian movies. Wow. You, you know what I mean? It's like to them, this is like, you know, we were trying, you know, like, like to them, they're trying to introduce Asian movies to their, to their customers or their vendors. Now you have this, this Asian company, not only selling their own movies, but also selling them or presenting them in a way that's like, look nice, criterion like, you know, there's like right. criterion treatment. Yeah. And people are used to, like I said, pan and scan, poorly dubbed. Yeah. Bad quality, you know those kind of you know those kind of movie, and to see something like, you know, Bride with White Hair and Hero Trio, you know, Hero Trio was at, at uh, for one week. Hero Trio was the number one bestseller at Virgin Megastore. Wow! And and um, Virgin had a booth at VSDA at that time. This was '96, and they listed their bestsellers right at the booth. Yeah, yeah. And our our booth happened our booth happened to be like right next to them or close by, and somebody walked by saw that list and saw the heroic trio Tai Seng, and blurted out loud, "Who the hell is this Tai Seng?" Because they never heard of us, and to have this unknown distributor, you know, ha- having the top spot on the bestseller list, yeah, it, it was a uh, rather shocking. Wow. So I think um, in many ways they really tried to un- undermine us. You know, over mm. the years they tried to you know. They, they, you know, they try to beat us up. I mean, you know, they try to take us out of competition, uh, one way or the other. 
uh, I think in, that's and that kind of led to people like Miramax and other studios like Sony spending all this money on buying these movies. It was, that's kind of their way of trying to cut us out. Right? Wow. And, and Miramax actually came and bought um, Wing Chun and Iron Monkey from us after we bought the rights. You know, we had the rights to Wing Chun yeah. and Iron Monkey. Right, and then a few right. years after we released them, Miramax came in and said, you know, we, we want to buy them. It will buy them from you, but you can never release them again. So, you so know. Miramax bought Wing Chun? I, I didn't see yeah. them release anything later. They never released. No, see, see, that's, that's, that's the rub. They buy it so that we couldn't release it. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, and the reason they, the only reason right. they released Iron Monkey was because <sighs> Donnie Yen was kind of famous with Blade 2 at that time. Donnie Yen had a name for, with Blade right. 2. The so and I, I think Highlander. He was also in one of the Highlander movies. I think Highlander yeah. Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they were thinking, oh well, we will capitalize on his, you know, cult status here. Mm. But they release Iron Monkey, yeah. and also because Iron Monkey was one of the inspiration for the Matrix. You know, the Wachowski brother yeah. openly declared that you know Iron Monkey is their favorite Hong Kong kung fu film. So yeah. it, it, you know, it didn't surprise me that they will release Iron Monkey, but Wing Chun is a totally different matter. You know, dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, somebody just said dirty. Yeah. Um, but you yeah, see, there's some fans here. They 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 love the heroic trio here. Oh yeah, <laughs> shout out to heroic. Yeah, no, that I love execution. I think executioners is hugely underrated. Executioner, the the, the sequel, is also dark. very yeah. It's very that dark. Got, that got dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean those yeah. two are out, those two are rare. You know, Hong Kong superhero movies. Yeah, you know, at yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's unfortunate to hear. You know, because you guys are just you're doing it not just for business purposes, but you're doing it for the love of the cinema itself and to get these movies spread out so that more people will know about them too. So it's not just business. It's business and pleasure at the same time. Right. Guys. Right. right. But gonna... in the end, you know, we, we ended up in Blockbuster. We ended up in yeah. Walmart. So it was, you know, we, we did what we, you know, came up to achieve. I'm, so. I'm telling you right now, if I pull one of these wallets over here, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Tai Seng DVDs in there, man. You know, we had to, you know, and the quality was good, like you said. And I was just like, thank God, finally, widescreen original language good subtitles like it, this was like a treat you know mm-hmm. so we really appreciate all that you guys have done you know because that i got is... sick of i got sick of people making fun of these subtitles i'll tell you one thing um uh oliver stone of oliver stone's assistant one time called and placed okay. an order placed an order with us okay you know, oliver stone's assistant so you know i took care of the order sent it to sent it to him and then a few weeks later, he sent me an autograph picture of him, you know, from Oliver Stone. And you know what he wrote up there? What did he write? He wrote, hey, Frank, what are you going to do about the subtitles? That's what he wrote. That's the autograph. That's the autograph. He said, hey, Frank, <laughs> what are you going to do about the subtitles? I love Oliver Stone. Yeah, I think yeah, he's a yeah. great filmmaker. Yeah, Platoon. But, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Platoon. I mean, yeah. uh, JFK. I mean, but that yeah. just kind of, you know, that's just what, that's what drove me to, like, refine the subtitles, you know. I, yeah. I got to change people's you know repute, uh, image or impression that right. Hong Kong movies have bad subtitles. Right, right, yeah. Because yeah. there's because we've come across a lot of bad third party releases of Hong Kong movies, and the subtitles are bad. Mm-hmm. But Tai Sing, you know, did it a lot better job than those. The worst though was the embedded subtitles. Those yeah. are the worst because yeah. they're just white. And they're attached to the film. <laughs> yeah. So if it's bright and daylight, or if there's white in the you know the background, yeah, you can't yeah. see. It. I know. Uh, 
But yeah, yeah those, are those are burned in. Those are burned in. I mean, they just use the print, you know, the subtitle from the theatrical print. So. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. And they were poorly translated. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Marcos here says, according to IMDb, Miramax licensed Wing Chong to BCI Eclipse distributor in 2009. Possible. Possible. Interesting. But I haven't really seen uh, officially. I haven't either. seen anything. I would know because that was mm-hmm. around the time where I was actually starting to be a collector and right. buy these things. So, what were the any? Were there any other? I mean, that was a major reason right there. These big companies pushing you guys out. Was there any other reasons why you just like you know what? I'm just going to move on. But Tai Singh, I had a great career, twelve years there. Well, oh, there were several. Move. There were really several reasons. You know, um, uh, first thing was sales was kind of in the decline uh, since the early 2000s. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, especially after 9-11. So, like, okay. after 9-11, we were not meeting annual sales goal year after year. And there were several reasons for it. One, it was the bootlegging. Uh, bootlegging oh. piracy was really bad. Uh, I would okay. actually join my join the company lawyer to, like, New York, L.A., Chicago to do raids. You know, I would go do raids, copyright raids on these uh, bootleggers and piraters. Right. And there are tons of them. So, obviously, they're hurting our business. Right. Um. Second, you know, um, there were, comp- you know, obviously there were competitions from, you know, um, Miramax, uh, right, right. Um, Magnolia at that time, Sony, you know, so Columbia, Columbia, TriStar, they were buying Hong Kong movies at that time too, you know. Right. Um, the Sony Classic so, Pictures was that was uh, wasn't that wasn't that Crouching Tiger, House of Fighting Daggers, and Hero, or was no Hero was Miramax. Hero was Miramax. Okay. Uh, well, Crouching Tiger, they they made that movie, right? Sony made okay, that movie, made but then movie. Okay. but then they also started buying stuff. You know, they were buying like you know downtown torpedoes and all that kind of other movies. I mean, there were quite a bunch of um, Hong Kong movies that Sony bought them. Right. So, right, right, right. so it's getting harder and harder to get good quality Hong Kong titles. Right. And then of course Hong Kong started making less and less action titles since the handover, right? I mean, you know, the eighties uh, and nineties were the <laughs> Excuse me, eighteen and I were the golden age. Oh yeah, yeah, but oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But by the late nineties, you know, things started to kind of you know go on a decline. Yeah. So it's a combination of you know lesser choices and also lesser movies being made. And then the third thing was um, Tai Seng uh, started going to IPTV, which is kind of like the uh, pre- you know, predecessor to streaming. You know, IPTV oh. is Internet Protocol Television. So okay. it was, yeah, I mean, it's a set up box, but it's like cumbersome. You know, it was, they were trying to do you know, streaming um, for whatever. I mean, they, uh, the, the management was convinced that streaming is the future, which, of course, now we, yeah, we, uh, he was right, you know. But right. back then, because technology for streaming was still in its infancy, um, we were spending tons of effort and money and time on developing it. Yeah, and so that led to like long working hours. I was working twelve hours a day, you know, and being an Asian company, you don't get OT. There's no OT. Right. Oh, man. so you know, I would go to the office at ten, then I left. I would leave at ten, you know, and then go home and have dinner and stuff. And then also at that time, my my late mother was started to you know getting sick, mm-hmm. and so I realized you know he, she she her health issues, yeah. so I I realized that you know this is not going to work, you know. Um, I would need basically to find a regular nine to five job so I can spend more time with my family, with my mom. Right. And so I decided to leave in February of 2008. You know, I, right. I just, but I was still working for Tyson afterwards. So I'm still, yeah. Yeah, cause there were other, they're still releasing titles. They still need like 
you know, uh, artwork could be designed and reviewed. Right. It's needs right. stuff. So, so even though I left Tyson as a full-time employee, right. I was still working for them as a freelancer for like okay. a little bit more than a year afterwards. So, so whatever title that came out after I left, like like the year after I left Tyson, those right. titles I was they were still produced by me. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, hey, you know, you had to do what's best for your mom, you know, and yourself, and right. that is kind of cool that you did help a little bit before you left, you know. <laughs> You did some, you know, help with the marketing there. That's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about the New York Asian Film Festival there. How, how did you get involved with that? That started in 2010. Right. And then it was from 2015 to 2017. So let's talk yeah, about that. Yeah. So, so uh, Mark Walko, he used to work for Image Entertainment, and he's a friend of mine. He's a Hong Kong film fanatic. So I, I met him at, you know, at one of those trade shows back in Taiseng. So, and then he went to work for Criterion for, for a brief period of time. And anyway, so he was one of the, uh, I guess, either founders or, or committee, you know, he was one of the staff that was responsible for the Subway Cinema people that eventually did the New York Asian Film Festival. And in 2010, they decided to give out the Lifetime Achievement Award to both Sammo Hong and um, Simon Yan. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, normally for, for the in film festival for the guests, you would have volunteers, you know, doing guest liaisons and also, uh, inter- you know, like doing interpretation for them. But obviously, you can't have like college kid or high school kid accompanying, you know, like 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 you know taking Samo and Simon Yam around. I mean, these are big right. stars. Yeah. And so Mark thought of me. Mark said, "You know what? I think we should you know, reach out to Frank, yeah. even though he's left Taiseng. I'm sure he'll be you know willing yeah. to." Yeah. Help out. So, so it just so happened I was about to go to New York at that time. So I flew to New York, you know, and I met Mark and Grady, Grady Hendricks, you know, who, you know, if you're a Hong Kong film fan, you would know who Grady Hendricks is, you know. Uh, he's like the, you know, probably one of the biggest fans of Hong Kong cinema, you know, this side of East Coast, on East Coast. So, so yeah. anyway, so yeah, Grady invited me to be, you know, like a guest interpreter and kind of like liaison with for Samuel and Simon. I said, right. sure, I'll, you know, I'll do it. And so that's that. how I got involved. Yeah. How cool is that? And then yeah. was this the first time that you met the legend? Well, this was a, well back then. Yes, at the New York Asian Film Festival, that was the first time. This this picture was actually taken at the Hong Kong Film Board a few years later. So this is the second time I met him. Oh, awesome! I, I interviewed him for my martial arts film documentary, which we can talk about a little bit later. So, yeah, I yeah. Can't so wait he, to, we yeah. talk about that one. Yeah. yeah, he he just happened to be at the Film Board trade show in Hong Kong. I said, great, I'll, I'll interview him. So anyway, but you know that was a great, you know, memorable experience uh, hosting Samo and his his wife was there too, Joyce Cadenzi. You know, of course, she was in Eastern Condors you know, as yeah, the yeah. Cambodian guerrilla fighter, and you know, Samo Yem is there. Samo Yem is like the nicest. Um, that guy's great. This guy's great. He even helped me hail a taxi, and he, you know, like because like, we were late to the to the <clears> reception, <throat> you know, because we had a dinner with the you know with the Hong Kong Trade and Development Office on the night that they're gonna get their awards. Yeah. And of course, knowing you know, knowing this kind of thing, things always go late, right? So, so the dinner was a little bit late, and we were late to the, you know, the the, the ceremony, right? And so I have to try and hail a cab. You know, uh, at that time we, this was back when we didn't think about having a limousine service and all that stuff. And and I'm totally surprised that the guests at that time actually tolerated taking cabs for that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, later on we, we started, I mean, when I when I helped them again later on, we, we used yeah. limousine service. But anyway, so, so I was trying to have a cab, but I couldn't have a cab because it was like rush hour, dinner time. I was getting frustrated. And Simon Yam just came up and pat my shoulder. He said, you know what? Don't worry, Frank. You know, 
we're stars. They they expect us to be late. <laughs> yeah, so, that's hilarious. Yeah, that was very nice of him. He, so was, he, that the, was that the first time you met him there, or you seen him? That was him yeah, before? that's the first or only time I met Simon. But he's Aww. like just the nicest, most unpretentious. You know, he he what remembers if, your name. He knows. You know, yeah. he he was just like so pleasant to talk to. He knows a lot, and yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though he has like properties all over the world, you know, he's this big shot star. He, <clears> he has money if, that he could probably you know couldn't spend the rest of his life, but he still is just so down to earth. You know. What a fantastic actor, and what a waste in Tomb Raider, <laughs> the second oh, Tomb know. Raider movie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Simon, who convinced you to be in this movie? This is horrible, yeah. man. What a waste of this guy. Yeah. Uh, but um, I loved him in Full Contact. I loved oh, yeah. him in that. I, that. He's so good. He's such a good villain in Full Contact. Yeah. Man. yeah. Uh, where, where is this right here? So this was – so anyway, so I helped out with new Asian films for two years. So first in 2010 and 2011, right? Yeah. And then because I, I, I have a job change, I, I started working for the government. I couldn't help them. Um, I, I couldn't attend anymore because okay. because because for the job change, I have to go training. So the, the training conflicted with the schedule. So so um, for 2011, I helped them arrange the prints and schedule and all that stuff. But I actually didn't attend. I didn't attend the 2011 New York Asian Film Festival. And I missed out on meeting Troy Hart, which is still... One of my life's greatest regrets. Um, but then anyway, so a few years later, uh, they asked me to go back and join them. But this is now under a different crew. Right, uh, right. Grady is still Grady is still one of them, but Grady is more like a consultant. So anyway, so I went back to help them from 2015 to 2017. I was like a guest relation manager and also a co-programmer and an interpreter. And this nice. was this was from the 2016. Uh, New York Asian Film Festival, where we show the movie Ten Years, right? Which, of course, uh, won Best Picture. Uh, uh, initially, they were a little bit reluctant to select this film uh, okay. because, of, you know, because of the political nature of the film, right? I mean, it talks about what happened in Hong Kong in ten years from now, right, so. right, right, right. But because obviously it won Best Picture, <laughs> so so you, no you can't just not show a Hong Kong film that's not you know that you just cannot. Right, not show the best picture when it's available. So, right, right, right. So we showed the film, and I was chosen to be the panelist for the Q and A. But because I was also the interpreter, I ended up doing in you know translation for a, a couple of directors. I think mainly just one of them because he he didn't speak. He hardly spoke any English. Okay. So during the Q and A, I was you know I was um you know I was um. When we use the word uh, uh, moderating, yeah, I was moderating the panel, right? And when when we got to that, the third director, I also had to do translation duties for him because you know, he didn't speak a lot of English, right? And right. so what would happen? Right well, this was, yeah, right there was this was the, the well, I was showing them uh, uh, an image from Hong Kong where ten years, you know, when it got popular, uh, they were forced to, you know, theaters started um, pushing them out. Due right. to whatever pressure, you know, maybe from the government, from from China, who knows, right? So they couldn't, you know, just when people started going to see the movie in theaters, you can no longer see them in theaters. So what happened was the distributors started organizing community screening at all these different places for free, and that was one of the places where they show ten years, you know, for the, for the local community, and like oh, there was like at least a thousand people there watching that. Wow. That that show at the same time, yeah. That, that's Adam Wong, another Hong Kong director. 
Um, you know, right. he was, so he was, one of our he was up there too, right? Was he, he on the huh? panel? He was not. No, he's not on the panel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, the the other <laughs> the other Hong Kong guests doing that year didn't have want to have nothing to do with the ten years folks because oh, really? of the sensitive nature of the film. Oh. It's a political film. It's a you know, it's an analogy, it's an omnibus of what would happen if you know China's rules on Hong Kong became stricter and stricter. What would happen in ten years time? You know. Right. right. And of course, you're know, looking at what happened in Hong Kong now. It's like it didn't didn't take ten years. Right. So, but yeah, at that yeah. time, uh, that year, we also have like Miriam Young, Adam Wong, and some other guests, and they have absolutely wanted to have nothing to do with with the ten right. years post for the movie. And you know, their manager would say, "Please don't ask any question about ten years." You know. So. Right. 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 But, but yeah, that was one. That was one of the greatest um, you know experience of my life doing the ten years panel. Yeah. Was that the same panel? This, this that was the same. Yeah, same panel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh no, that no, that's that's the, no, the one that you showed just before. That's Iwaji Shinji. That's a Japanese director. He okay. he did Love Letter. Uh, yeah, he did Love Letter and a whole bunch of other movies. I like I like him. I, I think he's one of the best Japanese directors working today. Nice. Uh, I'm and, a big fan. Speaking of uh, Ringo Lam. Yeah. Speaking of full contact, son. Yeah. Yeah. Late, that, late how was how was it meeting Ringo? Oh, he's totally old school, man. You know, he he you know, he he thinks Kurosawa. You know, he he would. Never take that sunglasses off, um, <laughs> and and he would all, he loved to be praised. Like you have, you know, every time somebody complimented him, he would like all smile and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but he also has a pretty. He, he was kind of temperamental, you know. He 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 would change his mind the very last minute, because okay. um, the 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 new Asian Film Festival staff. Um, well, actually, his his uh, assistant they, he also came. His assistant is also actually. One of the staff at the New York Asian Film Festival, and so he arranged a tour of the One World Plaza building, the One World Trade Center building, yeah. which was just finished at that time, just you know, just completed not too long ago at that time. And so it's not easy to get a tour to that building at that time. You have to, you know, you have that connection basically, right? So, right, so, right. so his assistant arranged his private tour where he would get to go to the top floor, or the op, you know, the observatory deck, all by himself, and they're gonna have you know, lunch and stuff. And on the morning of the tour, he uh, changed his mind and said, "I'm not going." Oh wow! Yeah. So he's 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 one of those. Yeah, I, I don't know what you mean by one of those. He was <laughs> nice to me. He was nice to me. He signed yeah. all my you know Blu-ray covers. So he said I was the only person that had him sign Burning Paradise. Oh. He said, oh yeah. He said of all those films that he signed, yeah. it's always yeah. City on Fire, Prison on Fire, right. School on Fire. Maybe wild search, right? You know, right, right, uh, right, uh, right. full alert, definitely full contact, definitely. But burning paradise is that no one except me had let him sign burning paradise. Wow, yeah. how cool is that? You got his autograph. But yeah. yeah, love love his movies, love full contact. That's pretty awesome that you met him. So, uh, I was going to ask you, I, I don't know, you're probably not allowed to say, but is there a future for full contact being remastered sometime? I, I really don't know. I really okay, don't okay, know okay. Uh, because. I'm at the mercy of you. Basically, you can eight eight film. I mean, they right. you know it, when they feel like it's time to tell me what's going to come up, they tell me. I mean, right. I'll be honest with you. I do know what's coming up next year. Okay. For uh, on, on some of the title for you, yeah, you gotta, and, yeah. Can, yeah, but, but I, I really can't say you know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of, we could segue right into that. <laughs> <laughs> time and tide. Make sure you buy it on Blu-ray. <laughs> but Eureka and eighty-eight films. How did you? How did you get involved with them to do commentaries and whatnot? How cool is this? Eureka is, is a funny story. Um, so they were 
you know, they started doing all these, you know, remastered Hong Kong titles, right? Um, and they got to the John Woo films, you know, Last Hurrah for Chivalry. Right. And they, you know, they're always looking for materials to put in their essays or booklets. You know, they always have a booklet. And so I guess they saw my liner notes I wrote for the Tai Seng Last Hurrah for Chivalry Laserdisc, and they liked it. And so they wanted to reprint it for the booklet for the Blu-ray release, but they couldn't find me. They they oh. ha, you know they're having a hard time finding me. They, they don't they don't know how to get hold of me. Okay. And so they started reaching out to other people, and then finally they got to uh, Severin Film. You know Severin Film is the horror, the new yeah, yeah. which I happen to be working with Severin Films on this martial art, you know, this documentary on uh, Bruce Partition Films and martial art films in the nineteen seventies, right. which I we can talk about later. So, but it just so happened they reached out to Severin Films and said, hey, you know. Uh, David, David is the owner. You know, David, you know, we're trying to find Frank Chan. Would you happen to have a contact? And David said, "Of course I do." <laughs> so, so they gave you know Eureka my my email address, and then that's how we got hooked up with Eureka. And at first, they just said, "Oh, we just want you know we would like to reprint your last around for Chivalry liner notes." You know, I said, "Sure." And then they said, "Well, we'll be interested in doing other stuff. You know, we also have a whole bunch of you know." Hong Kong titles, we're doing the Samuel Home box set, you know, we're doing, you know, this box set with, um, you know, the Iron Fist Among, Magnificent Butcher, and Eastern Condors. Yeah. Uh, would you be interested, you know, like you said, Mike Leader is doing commentary on Eastern Condors and Magnificent Butcher, but he doesn't want to do Iron Fist Among, you know, would you be interested in doing Iron Fist Among? And I've done some audio commentary for Tai Seng back then. I actually did, like, two movies, solo commentary. I don't think I did a good job, but I've done them before. So, so I said, you know what? Um, I, I thought about it. I said, you know, I, I would, I wouldn't mind doing Iron Fist Monk, but, but can I also do Eastern Condor because that's like my favorite Sam Home movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they, they luckily they let they let me do it. So that's why on the um, on the Sam Home box set from Eureka, you have two commentaries for Eastern Condors, you know, one by Mike and one by me. But anyway, so I did. I first did Iron Fist Monk, and and I, you know, I haven't done commentaries in over ten years. So I thought I didn't really do a good job. You know, I did my usual research and stuff, you know, uh, uh, try to think of what to say. I really don't want to wing it. I didn't want to just do a chat commentary and you know, like, right, like some of the right. some of those you hear from other distributors. So so I did my research, I, I did it, and I thought I did a I really did a piss poor job on it. I sent it to them and they say, Hey, you know what? You did a good job on yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna say, Oh really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then okay, and then I did Eastern Condo and I felt a little bit more confident on Eastern Okay, Kondo. nice. So, but that's how I got started on yeah. doing commentary for Eastern, uh, for Eureka, yeah. and then finally, and then, and then for ADA Film, it's sort of like the same situation. Right. It was not ADA Film that reached out to me. There was actually a fan who, you know, a, 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 a fan who actually uh, contacted me by Facebook and said, "Hey, you know, uh, are you familiar with ADA Films?" I said, "Well, I, I know who they are, you know." Yeah. And they said, "Well, yeah, well, they they're having a hard time finding somebody to do." A commentary for Stephen Chow film, you know, Forbidden City Cop, because right. all the people they that they asked didn't feel that they can, you know, they, they understand the humor, they didn't understand the jokes because it was too local. It's really like you know, you really have to understand Cantonese in order for you to understand, appreciate some of the Stephen Chow jokes. I said, sure, yeah, I'll do it. And it was just, you know, it was also like pretty last minute because they, they were, you know, rushing rushing for release and, and they asked, can I do it in like two weeks? I said, okay, I'll try. And I did it in two weeks. And I thought I did a good job too. So, and, and they liked it. And that's how, and then they started offering me other titles. You know, I yeah. just did Soil Ricky. It so Ricky, start, it yeah. started. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to hear. You did Ricky? 
I did Star Wars. Oh, I can't wait. The trailer <laughs> that, just dropped. Yeah, they just dropped the trailer. It was too bad because yeah. I, I was hoping that we have finished the trailer sooner than we could yeah. have featured it in the in the panel last week. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait to hear your audio audio commentary for oh, no, there are four there are four commentaries on, on that. What happened with Star Wars oh. was okay. They were, you know, they were asking different people to do. So there's a Mike Leader commentary, then my commentary, and there's also two other auto commentaries. I think one is from somebody who's like more like a gamer, because yeah. they wanted, uh, they wanted someone from a video game perspective. And also there was one other commentary from someone else. And I think they're 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 they were worried that uh, some of the commentary might not deliver. So, oh. but then it turns out all four of us delivered. So all that's right. why you have four all commentaries. Right. All right. Oh man, just just really quick, I have to tell you this Ricky story really quick. So, my <laughs> my buddy and I, we were there was this little small, you know, uh, little video store, this little Korean video store by his house, and we went in there, and you know, there's he had an all region VHS player, so we went in there, and uh, just you know, we couldn't, there was no subtitles or anything. We just popped into movies and see if there was anything cool. So I was, we didn't, we were looking around. We we're like, yeah, I didn't really find anything. Let's just keep going. And right before I was about to leave, I looked down and way in the bottom, I was like, "What is that? We were getting ready to leave the store." <laughs> I looked down, I grab it, I grab it, and I turn it around, and the only image that's on the cover is Ricky punching through a wall <laughs> <laughs> from the movie. It was the only thing that was. I was just like. What is this, man? What is this? All right, we're taking this home. Let's go. Let's go. We had no idea. There was nothing. There was no photos on the back. We had no idea we were about to watch the the awesomeness, the cult movie status classic that we were about to watch. So we pop it in, and we were like, oh, it's a prison movie. We're like, oh, all right. Eh, well, I, I thought I thought it looked cool, but, uh, you know, so we're just kind of bored. We're just kind of waiting. And as soon as – I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But as soon as the carnage happens, <laughs> our mouths dropped. We were like, oh, my God. And by the end of it, we were just like, we were just like, this is the greatest, this was the greatest thing ever. And we had, we, we, we let a couple, we rented it again and we let friends borrow it. Oh, my God. I have a story to tell. Yeah, I have a story, Ricky. Tai Seng used to carry store, Ricky. But oh. for whatever reason, I think it was because at that time, uh, they go to Harvard, sold the, sold the English rights to Media Blaster or somebody at that time. Okay. So uh, even though we still have the original language rights, we are not. We were not allowed to release them. Release it with English subtitles. So what we had was just in the original language with no subtitles, VHS that we sold for Story Ricky, and it was still one of our best sellers. People wow. would call. People would call and ask, "I want to order the Story Ricky," and right. say, "You know what? Uh, we have it, but there are no English subtitles." And people' reaction was like, "I don't care. I want it." Yeah. Yeah, uh, so nice. tons of it, tons of it. Ricky no O, the story of Ricky Chat, and those who are watching right now, is legendary. <laughs> if you're a fan of cult films, <clears throat> gore, yeah. over-the-top craziness, just over-the-top stuff, stuff you will not forget. You will not forget this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a cult classic. Yeah, it is. Cult it classic. is a cult classic. Mm-hmm. It is just, uh, I, I, we've had some, my, my wife loves it. <laughs> All my friends love it. I mean, it's it's, but it's just funny because, I may never have experienced it if we just kept walking. If I didn't take a chance and True. look down and you know, so. Yeah. And so the funny thing was, I I even I didn't even see it when it, when it was showing at um, Great Star Theater. I didn't see this in the theater. Yeah, right. I, uh, yeah. 
but yeah, Yukari Yoshima's in there, Terry Fan. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a good time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's so awesome that you're with 88 Films and Eureka now because they know, they know you have the knowledge, you know. And even if you did go in and wing it for a commentary, you still would have killed it. You probably would have been you probably would have been unhappy with your performance, but you still would have killed it for us fans. That's the librarian. I mean, you know, I have to do research every time. You know, for each every and for every title, I I it's just yeah. my it's just the librarian in me to do research and make sure I cover as much as possible, right. and also stuff that you probably might not have known. You know, right. in like like Chinese interviews or Chinese articles, uh, those yeah. are the things that you know Westerners would never have access to because unless they know the language. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I think it's awesome. I think I hope they keep you forever. 88 Films Eureka Studios. Are you hearing me? <laughs> keep Frank forever. <laughs> Have Frank commentate everything. You got me? All right. So, this, this documentary, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Now, we, we, we love our brother Rick, and we <laughs> I totally understand. I totally get Rick's side of, why Bruce exploitation is not his thing. I get it. I, I get it. But some of it's just too much fun. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. the top and fun. Who's Billy Fingers? That, I, that's never, awesome. I never took Bruce exploitation seriously, though. That's the thing. Like, I never was, I never took it seriously in terms of like, I was just like, okay, it's just this goofy popcorn entertainment fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't, is, com- the I wasn't are really com- good, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're watching it for the fights, for right. the entertainment, right? We're mm-hmm. not like, comparing it like verbatim like this exit the dragon or enter the mm-hmm. tiger or whatever it's called right. is just as good as enter the dragon no we're not even comparing them to right it's its own thing that's why it's its own genre and some of it's a blast so i can't wait to uh let's talk about this documentary we got going here so several people have tried to do this kind of documentary i mean they've always tried to do they want to do this exploitation film documentary uh, or you know, or on the seventies movie stars, seventies mm-hmm. martial art films, because yeah. you know, after Bruce died, there's still tons of martial art films being made from both Hong Kong and Taiwan. Right. <clears throat> and I'll be honest with you, Rick tried to do it himself. You know, Rick actually started a, a Kickstarter. Um, oh. Yeah, he was trying to raise funds to do this kind of documentary, but I don't. Yeah, it, it, it fell through. Based on Bruce Boitation or just the 1970s? Well, well, I think a little bit of both. He was trying oh. to like interview like Shaw Brothers star, like Horton New, you know, like, like gotcha, trying to gotcha, talk about gotcha. basically oh, history. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so so okay. he actually did a Kickstarter on it, but, you know, it didn't need to go. So. Okay. So what happened was, um, so Severin Films, uh, David from Severin Films approached me. Uh, I, I I forgot how he got hold of me. I I, I I um I I honestly don't remember like how he got hold of me, but anyway, he told me that he was trying to do this documentary on Bruce Plantation films, and he was asking whether I'll be able to, and then he he was asking when I want to be a co-producer, uh, and my main job is to help him get the talent that he wanted to interview, you know, so I said sure, you know, I, I'll try to do as much as I can. I mean, like, who do you yeah, want to interview? Yeah, yeah. And he started giving me this list. I was like, oh my god, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you, you know, Yasuaki Kurata, you know, Samuel Hong, Yun Bill, David Chang, you know, um, the, the, all the, the, all the Bruce Lee clones, you know, all four of yeah. them. I said, wow, you know, this, I'll try. I said, and I, I know people in Hong Kong that can probably yeah. find them. And so 
uh, we'll see. And I said, I just so happened that I go, you know, I, you know, I go to Hong Kong every year to spend my vacation. And so why, how about this? You know, like on my next trip, we'll, we'll, we'll see if I can start finding some of these people and start interviewing them. Yeah. So once I got there, it was like, just like that. And I found Bruce Lam. <laughs> you know, right away, I found Bruce Lam. It's like, and he said, yes. You know, he, he said, yes. Awesome. And then, yeah. And then, so he had this friend who who had this little winery shop somewhere in this industrial building in Hong Kong. Yeah. That's why he saw all these wine. And he's talked for four hours. He he, oh. he 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 turned out to be like a nice, you know, really nice guy. He really nice. enjoyed. It. He felt really appreciated that yeah. um, that uh, we have. You know, some people still remember his work back in the seventies and stuff. So yeah. he felt really appreciative. And so he he was like, you know, he he was open. He was telling us stories about his works and stuff. So I thought, wow, this is not a you know, for a first interview, this wasn't bad at all. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. And, and so then, then we started. And I started contacting other people. Uh, so the next up was uh, Yasuraki Kurata. You know, Yasuraki Kurata-san has a has a dojo in Hong Kong. You know, his daughter runs it, but he's he's there. You know, he he he, he you know he he lived traveled between Japan and yeah. Hong Kong, but he has a dojo in Hong Kong, man, and that's where we, we went. Meeting all these him. legends, man. Yeah, Karada's and funny, so good. This guy, I know, he's Karada so right now could kick right. my ass. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, he can get everybody's ass. And, and I did the funny story too. When we went to set up our gear, you know, we we had like, like a little skeleton crew. You know, we have a cameraman and a, and, yeah. a, and a sound guy. Right. So we got there and we tried to hook up the stuff um, to use the lights and stuff. Yeah. Um, we burned the fuse at the dojo. Oh. oh. <laughs> because I think it was something, you know, Hong Kong is like 220 watts. And then I think some of the gear that the, the guy, the guys are from LA. So they were bringing stuff that were like 110 watts. And so, right, you know, right, right. So that somehow burned the fuse. And so we're trying to fix it. Luckily, you know, one of them was like an electrician. He's trying to fix it. For the next 45 minutes, we were like, we were on our toes and nails. Like, we were worried. Oh, my God. You know, we, yeah. we burned Kurata-san's uh, fuse box at his dojo. <laughs> so so why, while the sound man was trying to fix it, you know, Kurata was all cool. He was just sitting. He was just stretching out on his mat, stretching yeah. out, like, waiting. You know, he's all calm and cool and just waiting for us to fix it. Luckily, we were able to fix the fuse. And so nice. we were able to interview him. Yeah, but he he knew Jap, you know, he knew Cantonese because he'd been in Hong Kong so many years. So right. I would actually ask him my questions in Cantonese, and he would answer in Japanese. Wow. Yeah. He saw those. See that wall there? You see that wall yeah. with the skies? Yeah, yeah. Okinawa's that's that's the Okinawa martial arts weapon right there, hanging there. You know. Oh, cool is that? Yeah. That is he awesome. used he used uh, one of those in um, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. When he falls, Samuel Hong. Yeah. Nice. How cool yeah. is that? So the then tennis, we started the tennis, branching the tennis, out. The tennis racket fight. I know the tennis <laughs> racket. Yeah. Let me re, let me rewind a little bit. Hold on. For, I forgot to mention this. Sorry, I okay. have a fanboy out here. Bruce okay. Liang is a badass. He is amazing, <laughs> and man, what a what a performance in Kung Fu Hustle is that? Is that everyone's favorite Bruce Liang role? Yeah. In terms of role, is that like their favorite role? Oh yeah, I think so because so because, because you know he got both a young and new generation of you know, old and new generation of fans. You know, yeah, you know, like the younger fans wouldn't know him from all those movies that he did in the seventies. Also, he did a lot of TV work. You know, you know, in, right. in Hong Kong back then. But if you go back to the picture, you notice the knuckles. You, see, you take a look at those knuckles on his. See those knuckles there? Oh those man, those are all 
swollen from all those fighting over the years. So if I mean you might not see them clearly in the picture, but I can close see them. Oh, I can see them. Yeah, like you, you see how big those knuckles are right there. Man. Yeah. yeah those are permanent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep going, keep going. So, so anyway, so after karate, we, we did karate until we started branching out. We started at you know. Luckily, you know, my, my my we have a business partner in Hong Kong who who used to work at Shaw. You know, he 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 actually started his career in Shaw Brothers. He's now his own. You know, he's his own film distributor company. He, he made films and stuff. Yeah. So he has connection to some of the Shaw people, and that's how I was able to get Lo Mang and David Chang. Man. You know? Yeah. Two more. Two more legends here. Hold on. Let me try to let me get the photo yeah. here. Trying to find the photo, but yeah, David Chang. What's some of your favorite David Chang movies? David Chang movie. Wow, uh, uh, Mantas, definitely one of them. Yes, yeah. that ending mm-hmm. blew yeah. my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that then, ending uh, blew my mind. Yeah, that ending blew my mind. That, that's a great ending. It's like 10 minutes of non stop action. You know, of course, yeah. uh, he was in what well, he was in, in the new one, I'm Swordsman. Uh, you know, one of yeah. those, here yeah, go, yeah, yeah, here we go. So so yeah, we interviewed him at this uh, restaurant in in Wan Chai, you know, Hong Kong, Hong Kong side. So he came in, did his stuff. He spoke English, you know. Oh. He yeah, he oh he speaks very good, very good English. So it just so happened because uh, you know David, the Severn Films guy, was also trying to get David Chang to talk about um, the movie that he did, the, the co-production with um, Shaw Brothers and Hammer Films, yeah, the, the oh, Vampire right. Film, yeah. Seven legend Golden of, Vampires. Yeah, Legend of the Legend of so. yeah, Legend of the Golden Vampire. Uh, legend yeah. of the Golden Vampire. So, mm-hmm. so, in addition to being interviewed for our documentary, mm-hmm. he also did a little snippet on, on that, and then talked about working with Peter Cushing and all that. And he spoke yeah. perfect English. He, you know, he's you know, his family's all educated. You know, his his half brother Paul Chung, uh, Derek E. You know, they all you know they all in the film business. They all you know they all, you know, Paul, you know Derek E. is a great director and actor himself. Oh, yeah. And, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, yeah he was. Phenomenal. The new one-armed swordsman. The fight on the bridge is just yeah. It's just so good. And yeah. what do you call it? The, don't forget about the the Iron Triangle, man. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the T yeah. Long and David Chang. T Long and David Chang, and, uh, and, and then Long Chang. Leung, right? Yeah, yeah, Long Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then so after that, we we were yeah, and then <laughs> a low man. Low man was a whole. You know, you look at that Daffy. He was wearing this Daffy duck. I was like, yeah, he's, he's styling there. What's going on there? Yeah, he, I don't know. He just show up like that. You know, he just show up. <laughs> He, you know, he he just show up like that, and then he talk. You know, he mostly talk about you know working at Shaw, but uh, yeah. how he he loved doing you know Kid with the Golden Arm. Oh, and how how he has so many fans overseas. He still travel. I mean, before COVID, he was still traveling a lot to all these different places, like like in New York, East Coast, and all. That. You know, he has so many fans out there. You know, so he's, he's very aware. He's, great. he's very aware of his reputation, his popularity. Yeah. in the u.s or in, in in the western world so you know he can't play it to the hill but he's great he's fantastic he's funny yeah yeah you never know maybe one one day i'll get him here on the show that'd be great there you go. but yeah. low mang he's he's i mean he's one of the venoms man come on but yeah i actually mm-hmm. have a kid with the golden arm poster oh actually, yeah I got, I got lucky and i got a poster but yeah fantastic nice. stuff let's yeah. keep it rocking and rolling so did you ran into the other bruce playtation stars as well yep uh we ran into two more well Technically four, but but we'll talk about them, you know, one by one. So this is, of course, uh, Bruce Lai. Is he? Who, who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite, or you like all of them? He's my favorite. Yeah. He's my. Favorite. I think he he really took the job seriously. 
yeah. he tried to i think he tried to give dignity and respect to the role he, he you know he he didn't try to parody it he didn't try to stereotype it you know he he tried to <clears throat> you know, he tried to make the make 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 it work. You know, he tried to yeah. make it legitimate, right? Even though obviously some of the films that he did was, you know, kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of campy. But uh, I think, yeah, he, you know, he was, um, he he was the my favorite among the four. He's in Taiwan, you know, he's in southern Taiwan. So okay, he, well, you know, he he retired from acting after his wife died, so he oh. can, yeah, he left he left the film industry in what early eighties or mid eighties. Right. So he can go back to Taiwan and take care of his kids because his wife passed away. Oh wow! And he never left. He went back to Pingdong. Pingdong is one of the big city in southern Taiwan. Yeah. So to, to to go see him, you have to go there. So I flew to Taipei, took the high speed rail down to south, you know, down south <clears throat> to yeah, meet yeah. him. And you know, I actually went back the next year to interview him a little bit more because <clears throat> you know, David felt that we. Could ask for some more material from him, right? Okay. So, so that he's the only he's the only person that we interviewed him twice for the documentary. So he's, he was really nice. He's really nice, very nice guy. He's a really nice, nice guy. He had a wing, yeah. he had Wing Chun background as well. He yeah he he definitely had Wing Chun background. He, he yeah. still teaches Kung Fu on Sundays afternoon for free. He has his own clinic. Uh, so we will meet him at this park in in the city. Nice. And because he every Sunday afternoon he would teach Kung Fu for free. And then oh. afterwards, he would go back to his clinic. He has a clinic. He's like a Chinese medicine herbal clinic nearby. Um, right. So that's like his job. His job now. That's like his his job. So he would cure people. You know, he would. He, he's kind of like, you know, like Wong Fei Hong. So yeah, it's good. All right. He's the Wong Fei Hong of the era. He's still want to act. the second time when I went back to interview him, yeah, I asked him, "Were you still interested?" He, in he misses it. He kind of missed it. He said, "He said, you know, the first time you came, you know, the first year we went, he didn't miss it. But then he said, when, but then afterwards, he said more people started approaching, you know, coming here to to talk to him, and it, he he kind of started having this bug that you know, yeah. you know what, I wouldn't mind going back and work, you know, work in the film industry again. But of yeah. course, this was, um, you know, the last time I interviewed him was four years ago. So, so he's in his mid seventies now. So who knows? Hey, g- come on, somebody give him a cameo or." Have him do a fight scene. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, little... Chu Chi Ling can still work. And Chu Chi Ling from Kung Fu Hustle, the Taylor guy. You know, if he can still work right now, he's still working. So yeah, yeah he's still teaching. That guy's yeah. a badass too. That guy's yeah. a badass. Yeah. I'm going to show his picture in a, in a second here, but let's yeah. get to the other Bruce Lee. So you got Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee. <clears throat> okay, now... so Dragon Lee, I didn't meet. Dragon Lee was in Korea. So okay. So, so the other producer went to Korea to do do Dragon Lee. Did Dragon Lee? Now Bruce Lee, however, is okay. a totally different story. Uh-oh. All right. He would not agree to do an interview. Oh. For whatever reason. He just said no, no, no. And um that picture happened because I bumped into him at Filmart in Hong Kong. Okay. Apparently he would go to the Hong Kong Filmart. He he was making films, you know, he was making films in China, so he would try to sell his film in, you know, in Hong Kong at the Filmart. Okay. And I bumped into him. And so I tried to I, I try an hour to persuade him to do the interview. And he still said, you know, later, later, later. He never said why he wouldn't want to do it. He kept telling me, right now is not the time. Now is not the time. Uh, we even said, you know, we'll, we'll pay you. You know, he said, oh, yeah. no, no, not the money. It's not the money. Later. But now it's not the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we tried, but we just couldn't, just couldn't get him to talk yet. You know, and yes. we've been trying for the past five years. 
you know, oh, the, the, wow. we started doing this back in you know November of 2016. So it's now what August now almost 2021. Yeah. Maybe and he'll give in at some point. Maybe hopefully. Yeah. So, so you know he's one of he is one of two last holdouts for the documentary. The okay. other person is mainly for health reason. The other person said, "I'm not going to oh, do it until COVID is over." So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I I, I can understand that. Uh, but come on, Bruce Lee, it's for the documentary, man. It's for you fans. Come on, you could do it. Um, but yeah, the one here's the here's the photo of the that's too chilling. Kung yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. And the Fat Dragon as well. And the Fat Dragon, the Mermaid Witness and Sinners. Yeah. yeah. Another badass right there. Nice guy. He lives in Alameda. He lives 10 minutes away from me. Can you believe it? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so was this, uh, Was this? Uh, I see Comic-Con in the background. This was back in Comic-Con when he was there to promote Kung Fu Hustle. I actually, okay. uh, actually met him uh, much more recently back in April to interview him for the documentary. How cool and, is uh, that? We, we, we stopped, you know, kind of we stopped the project because of COVID. You know. Okay. So we really want to do, we really want to do in person to person. We don't want to do any remote interviewing. Has to be in person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two questions before my okay old old man brain deletes them. One, do you know what happened to Hong Kong legends? I have no idea. Okay. I don't. I really don't follow. Like, like, like. I know. I mean, I heard of them. Obviously, you know, Hong Kong Legends. I have some of the titles. I have like Eastern Heroes and uh, yeah, a lot I bought, of I bought uh, several of their stuff, and then they right. just disappeared. And I was like, "What happened?" Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, so I, strange. yeah, I'm aware of them, but I, I really yeah. don't follow. Okay. I mean, there's, there's this whole community of people who know so much. Okay, I mean, I'm always surprised by, especially, some of the Brits. Who know more about these things than I do? I'll be honest with you. Oh wow! I know this. There's this British guy that I know who knows any everything about Msi Yun that I would ever <laughs> ever know. You know, <laughs> so it's like their their passion, their enthusiasm, just so you know, so you know, it's just so big that they would actually go and do all this research and get themselves familiar with these people's history, their the career to the point where yeah, and like it's like I wouldn't know this, you know. So I, I, I know I thought I. I thought I gave it a shot because I, right. you know it was it was really good quality their DVDs and then all of a sudden they just I was like what happened <laughs> they're just yeah. gone so that sucks um, anyway anyway we got eighty eight films in Eureka now so as long as we're keeping it going and remastering those classics even better now mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. like Hong Kong Legends those were just DVDs they weren't even Blu-rays right. uh, oh my other question? question my other question Bruce you know we were mentioned earlier Bruce Lai how some movies he made was you know was, was good and some were goofy right which happens right but did he have a limit did he have like you know what I'm not gonna do that movie but I'll do this movie did he have like a limit you know like you're like nah because well, that's why he kind of walked this... away you know that's why he kind of walked away I mean okay. uh, of course his wife's death was a major reason but by then he was getting tired of it you know like by the early 80s right because was, I noticed the clones of Bruce Lee movie, he was mm-hmm. not in. Mm-hmm. I noticed that Dragon Lee, everybody else was in the clones of Bruce Lee, but he wasn't right. in there. And I always right. wondered, why isn't Bruce Lee in here? I mean, it's not like yeah. a good movie, but I was just like, why isn't he in there? And I was I'm right. Just, no, he would look he, at the did script. Did he just like screw that? I'm just, you know, yo, he would. No, no, no. He would turn down offers. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> he said, well, look at the script and say, this is not Bruce Lee. Yeah. Like, like, Bruce okay. Lee wouldn't have done this, or Bruce Lee wouldn't be like this. <laughs> You know. uh, all I remember is watching Clones of Bruce Lee, and it's just like, Bruce Lee number two. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to face Bruce Lee number five. Yes, it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, we'll go ahead and keep talking about the documentary. 
Yeah, so so yeah, so and anyway, so you know, after COVID, we kind of put a stop to it. You know, yeah. We have to kind of put the project on hold, but mainly of course we're waiting out on Bruce Lee. And then once we resumed, we started look looking around to see who else we can interview. So we interviewed yeah. Matt Chuchi Ling, like I mentioned, and right. then of course Cynthia Rockro. You know, uh, Cynthia Rockro was more because uh, you know obviously, well also Eric Zhang. Eric Zhang was a coincidence, you know. But yeah, let's talk about Simbi Rock. Well, we can talk about Rock Rock first. So, okay. so the reason, you know, the main thing to reach out to Simbi Rock Rock, of course, is to do the extras for the uh, Millionaire's Express uh, Blu-ray for, for Eureka. Right. But then it was also decided, you know what, she could be a good contributor to our documentary because we were seriously lacking female interviewees. Uh, you know, most of our people, most of the people that we interviewed were, were guys. Yeah. So we really wanted a more female perspective. We were able to get Angela Mao, thank goodness. You know, Angela yes. Mao. I'm, yeah. I'm so jealous. I saw your. Yeah, program. Angela Mao. She had his own nice little Taiwanese Shanghainese uh, shop, and that's all. Oh, that's Long in Shenzhen. Okay. <laughs> Angela Mao. That's Angela Mao. What, 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 happened? Happened? <laughs> what happened? I mean, man, I know, I know they she get really older, changed. but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, she 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 retired and she does have a restaurant, right? She has a restaurant. And actually, How the restaurant. Cool well, you know, at first she was reluctant to be recognized. She hated it. In in the in when people say, "Hey, aren't you Angela Mao?" She hated it. Said, "No, I'm not Angela Mao." Oh. You know? But then as she grew older, I think she began to realize she has a legacy. You know, she she began to appreciate yeah. what she's done. Legend. Yeah. And she began to like, you know what? I yeah, I, I kind of did good back then. Yeah. And of course. Her kids were also very, you know, her kids like big fans of her work. Yeah. And her kids was like, you know what, you should, you know, you should, you know, you should really embrace this. Yeah. This, this is, you know, you had a great career in in, in the film. And it's some and, great movies, and she's great. Yeah, she's, she's great. A, you know, she is a legend, man. She's a legend. Is, it, so, is this the restaurant right here? This is, oh, this is actually this is the hot pot restaurant next to her restaurant. She, okay. So what happened was she has this restaurant in Queens, right? Okay. Uh, it's mostly Taiwanese and Shanghainese, you know, northern Chinese cuisine. Fantastic food. Best mm. soy, best soy milk you, you know, best soybean curd milk you ever had. Okay, so I mean, best soybean curd soup you ever had. Anyway, so, <laughs> so she had that restaurant there, and now it's expanded to Manhattan. They have like she now has like four in Manhattan, you know. So wow. her business has grown so much, right. and I'm sure her, her, you know, the fact that it was uh, Angela, the fact that it was run by Angela Mao probably contributed to. It. But it's just the fact that the food is just so good. So anyway, Man. so by the time. We reach out to her. I reach out to her son. And I found a contact for her son. Her son was very enthusiastic, and you know, and so she agreed to do the interview. And she was fantastic. And then, you know, I met her later too when when uh, we uh, Subway Cinema did a tribute to her at the old school Kung Fu Film Festival in New York in yeah. 2017. And and I went out there to meet her again, you know, present her with the award and all that stuff. So that was good. That was cool. She's great. She's just wonderful. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, we can play this now. <laughs> so that's Yun Chang Yan. <laughs> that's Yun Chang Yan, of course, famous martial arts you know, choreographer. Uh, yeah. One of the Yun brothers, you know, Yun Wu Ping's brother. Yeah. Uh, Yun, yeah. Is I he bumped still into, acting? Is he, he still in stuff? I don't think so. I think he's retired. Okay. Uh, I bumped into him at a movie theater when I went to see a movie. And then oh. when I left the theater, I was watching a the theater with my, with my nephew. 
And then when we left the theater, we, well, my nephew is also a huge fan, film, Hong Kong film fan, thanks to me, you know, thanks to his uncle, me. So yeah. anyway, so when we left the theater, we saw him. And said, hey, and we said, hey, isn't that, you know, that's Ying Chang Yan, right? Yeah, 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 let's go, you know, say hi, take a picture. So there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Was it Kung Fu Hustle? Uh, well, he did. Well, well, he did a lot of you know, okay. like Dreadnought, Forbidden City Cop. You know, he did all these choreographies. That, you know, action choreography, right. Miracle Fighters. You know, you name it. So, I mean, like yeah. for his like last movie or maybe. Oh, the last movie. Movies. Yeah, he was in Kung Fu Hustle. He was a bagger at the end that showed the kids right. all those Kung Fu like manual. Little, you know? Yeah, a little, yeah. little small. So that part. could be one of his last movies. Yeah, yeah. He's Man. like in his seventies now. So I mean, he's late seventies now. You know? Another so. another legend. But yeah, let's keep talking. So, um, but we should get to John Woo. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's and then do we'll, have fun, we'll have fun with your other photos after that because I mean, okay. got them all yeah. in here. We got them. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll so get we John have because it's a story about John Woo. Exclusive John Woo story from the Master Remaster, Frank Jang. You're getting yeah. right here, right now. Let me just find it. Hold on. Mm. Boom. So, so this was the first trade show I went at, you know, when I started working in Tai Seng. This is like two months after I started working at Tai Seng. You know, they did, right. Yeah. So, so we have this VSDA show. So we went there, and Fox Lorber, this is a distributor, it's like a niche film, art film, independent film distributor, has a booth, and they were releasing this box set of the Killer and Hard Boil, and they invited John Woo there. So okay. you know, went to see him. He you know, he autographed this. You know, this oh, is nice. What, yeah. So. You know, he, this is from Hard Boy, obviously. So you can see the, at the bottom it says, you know, Fox Lober home video release right there. Right. Well, let me blow it yeah. up. Hold on. Right. Let's okay. Blow it up. Okay. Here we go. There we go. So that, that's yeah. it right there. So he signed it. But there's a story about okay. Fox Lober. Okay. And I'll tell you the story. About a year before I started working for Tai Seng, Fox Lorber went to see Helen, you know, the general manager of Tai Seng. Okay. And you know, um, you know, Helen being receptive to you know, you know, people that are interested in Hong Kong film, of course, you know, met with them, and they were saying, oh, you know, we like, you know, we love Hong Kong films, but we're going to Hong Kong, you know, we'd like to, you know, um, you know, see some of these, you know, we'd like to meet some of these talents and stuff, filmmakers. Can you give us the contact for like, you know, Cinema City, uh, you know, like Shaw Brothers, or, you know, some of the studios, like yeah. contact information. So Helen gave gave them the contact information. And a few months later, uh when uh the Hardborough came out or the yeah, Hardborough was coming out and we were trying they were trying to get it for the English market. They were told, Oh no, Hardborough has been sold. And then you know, Helen was shocked. They said, Well, to who? You know, who else would buy this stuff? And the response was, Well, this company named Fox Lorber bought it. They went to Cinema City and negotiated for it, and they bought it. And so, you know, Helen was very upset. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, she felt betrayed, you know, because they didn't, obviously, you know, the guy at Fox Lauber didn't tell her that, you know, we wanted the information so we can actually negotiate to buy films from them. And thus became a competitor to Tai Seng. And, wow. And that's really what prompted Helen to start this English department. They said, you know what? We're going to start our own department. We're going to, you know, we're going to start selling this to, you know, ourselves to the English yeah. speaking market. So yeah. that's how the English department was born. So, well, anyway, so this led to Fox Lorber having a booth um, with John Wu there. And Helen actually went over to the Fox Lorber booth and, and kind of like, you know, you know, like, 
you know, you guys are bad, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you guys, yeah. you guys will betray us and stuff. And they just laugh. They just smile. You know? Right, right. What can they say? You know? Right, right, right. It's, you know, it's business, but still. So that's the backstory about John Wu. Although another little funny story was, um, I didn't know at that time that John Wu hated Anthony Wong, you know, the bad guy in Hard uh, Hard Boil. Really? Yeah. And so I was talking with him, you know, at, at the show, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, I just said, you know what? Uh, you know what, Mr. Wu, I think, you know, Anthony Wong was great in Harper. I think you hire him to do more of your movie. And he just, like, gave me the slide, you know, the, 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 the sneaking, it's the sneakiest of smile. At that time, I didn't know why. He just stopped talking. He didn't say any, any, any other words after, after I said that. You know, he didn't say thank you, whatever. He right. just smiled like that, and I and I just walk away. I thank him, walk away. And only later did I find out that he actually had this big fight with Anthony Wong on Hard Boil, and he vowed never to work with Anthony Wong ever again. And so, wow. <laughs> so me mentioning Anthony Wong to him and telling you know what, you should keep hiring him. You should have him. <laughs> That's right. he, he was a great bad guy. He was a great villain. You should have him more in your movie. Yeah, that kind of you know, uh, you know, that well, rubbed him the wrong you way. Did, you didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, is Anthony Wong? I mean, I'm a huge fan of Anthony Wong too, but it was he is he known to be kind of a diva or that maybe they just Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah well, you know, he's you know, he's a method actor. What what, oh, what can you I got right, you. right? So he's you know, a method actors can obviously be, be opinionated and and That's you know, Wong would have his own ideas. But the funny thing about Anthony Wong though, you know, Tai Singh released Until Story back then. Okay. You know, Bun Man, right? Until Story. And when we in the initial, well, it was bought as a package deal. It's right. not like Tai Seng deliberately went out to buy it and told stories. It was it came with another movie. You know, like, like they were saying, "Oh, you wanted this movie, sure, but you have to have to have until story." Right. So, and Tai Seng, the management was like, "We really don't want to release this." You know, it's like this gory, you know, politically incorrect film. What if we start getting all these conservatives, you know, complaints from Christians, conservative, and then and then I started asking other people. I said, hey, what do you guys, hey guys, you know, I started asking some of the fans that I started contacting, you know, communicating. Right. And asked them, hey guys, what do you think about Tai Seng releasing Untold Story? And the response I got was, not only must you release Untold Story, you must release it uncut. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, you know, we back and back, and I, yeah. I, I persuaded Manny and said, you know what, we got to release this, it has to be uncut. To sell it, right. it has to be uncut. So I finally persuaded management to Get the uncut version from the, the film owner, and I look at it like, oh yeah, this is bad, <laughs> bad stuff, like, nasty oh, stuff. But, but, oh yeah, but oh hey, it's great, great stuff too, you know. Yeah, Anthony yeah, Walker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we released we released released it first on you know, VHS, then Laserdisc, and eventually DVD. And amazingly, we never got a single complaint from anyone. Yeah, we bought tons and tons of them. Yeah, not a single complaint. Not like no one wrote a letter to us. No one call us. No one email us and said, "I think Tai Seng is a horrible company by releasing such a violent film that depicts these brutality toward children and women." None, zero. Yeah, that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah, it's that's for how adults it. anyway. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah. Nice. And speaking of untold story, I think it's on Haya. It might. Be is it on Haya already? I think it's, it's either oh. high Actually, you know what? I think it's. I think it's Shutter. Uh-huh. I think it's on Shutter. Okay. Which has, okay, you know, that's, a, that's a horror app, right? So I think it's on there. So okay, all I know is that like European company, European distributors who, uh, who release Untold Story, yeah, 
always like like there have been several European distributors who, who released. I think France or Germany. They right. will always come to me and said, "Is it okay if we include the commentaries you guys did on the Tyson uh, laser disc?" And because um, we did one with Anthony Wong and we did one with the director Herman Yao. I said, "You know okay. what? Tyson's gone. Take it." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, what a story. That's yeah, that's that's it's kind of screwed up. And it was, it was Fox Lorber, right? Fox Lorber, I, I don't think they're still around anymore, I think. Oh, okay. either that. Oh, no. Fox Lorber eventually became, became Kino Lorber. Oh, that's yeah. still around. Oh, I don't okay. think the people who used to run Fox Lorber is with Kino now. Kino Lorber is a whole new team now. Right. And I love I love Kino Lorber titles. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah I have so, a lot of good titles. Yeah. That's, that sucks about uh, you know Fox Lorber doing what they did there. Oops. Sorry. I accidentally <laughs> clicked on that. I didn't mean to click on that. Sorry. <laughs> Oh man, whoops, you know, itchy fingers over here. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Fox Lorber, you know, they're, they, uh, they're gone. Oh, hold on, I'm oh. sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to click on that either. Oh, um, sorry. Oh. My, mis- my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep talking, man. Okay. Keep what else do you want to talk about? What else do you want to talk about? All right. So I, well, I'm looking forward to the documentary whenever you guys get around to. Wrapping it up and finishing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there has to be an end to it. You know, I think sooner or later, you know, David and I will have to decide, you know what, that's it. We can't wait any longer. The documentary is 90% done. All edited, yes. subtitled, what have you. All, you know, yes. but there's, so, so there's two spots left. One spot okay. for the other person that we want to interview. Okay. One spot for Bruce Lay. And really, okay. uh, I, you know, we really can't do it without Bruce Lee, to be honest with you. I think, you know, we, we need his side of the story, so to speak. Right. So that's why we've been holding out. That's why I've been waiting for it. I know you don't want it, but maybe audio only? Maybe in over That was one of the options. No, no, no. That was one of the options I brought up to him. And you he know. thought about it. Then he still said no at that no. time when I, when I saw him. Yeah. I brought that up. If you you know, whenever you guys get around to revisiting it to him, he may not. He might be okay with over the phone. No, no, we gave him the option. We said you can do all oh, the yeah. We gave okay. him all the options. Okay. And he still, you know, he still all said right. later, later. He never turned us down right away. He never said no, right? He never said. He and I told later. you, yeah. Maybe. He never said don't, don't, don't contact me anymore. No, he never right. said that. He kept saying later. Now is not the time. So. Right. Uh oh, Master Chaos TV just showed up. He says Frank <laughs> is the man. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. yeah. Nice. Yeah, so let's have some fun with some of these photos you sent me here. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, got some, and then this is during the premiere that's, of City Hunter, Yeah, that's right? one that, yeah, that's the trade show. That's like the, I think the, in either the 97 or the 98 trade show that we do. Uh, the, these are the, the trade, the trade convention show. So that's Helen there in the front, on the right. Uh, that's the manager, uh, the general manager Tyson and that's All Linda. Right. That's that's the marketing manager that hired me. They interviewed me and hired me on the left. She nice. she actually left about a year after I joined Tyson. And, oh. and and she went, you know, she left. And the funny thing, she the, the, it was funny the reason you know, when she told me the reason. She told me, you know what, I can't be selling videotapes and laser discs and DVDs forever. And I thought that was the one the oddest reason for look for leaving a, a job. That is weird. Yeah. Does she does she hint on what she's going to do after this? Oh, uh, I think she went to Charles Schwab's actually. At that hmm. time, I don't know what she's doing now. I, I I lost contact with her. But yeah, that's Gary. That's Gary Daniels from City Hunter, Jackie Chan, City Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. I think we actually had him on our Comic Con panel too. I think when we when we did the you know when we during showed... that during that time. 
Yeah, it's around that time. I mean, he's in LA, so it's very easy for him to go to right. San Diego. He's got time. Eastern Condors, the Young yeah, Eastern Condor. Posters, Heart of yeah. Dragon, so this, Chung. Yeah, and the last of Chivalry right behind Linda there, and you see nice. Heart of Dragon. Yeah. So this will have to be, yeah, this will have to be 1997, I think. Yeah. So was this, uh, was, was there a certain release of uh, Millionaire's Express back in the day? Is that, oh, yeah, how, yeah, you, no, is that I mean, how you ran yeah. into Bolo here? No, Bolo was there to, to, um, Promote some other movie. Okay. Yeah, it was for a different company. And some, uh, I'm, I'm forgot which movie he was promoting. I see uh, a fighter in a two. So I'm yeah, so shoot fighter. Yes, probably. Yeah, probably. Shoot fighter. Yeah. Right. So I just went went up to him, took a picture, and he he autographed the picture. He he didn't he he you know he's a man of few words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize his. I mean, that's really awesome. You you met Bolo. How cool is that? Yeah. Uh, I uh, I uh, did not know that his son was legit martial arts guy, and his mm-hmm. son's a bodybuilder too, just like him. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, I, and we I thought about that. we yeah we thought about interviewing him for the documentary too. Um, you should. We we yeah, but I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, we can. Yeah, we should. But he he has some precondition that we you know oh. we have to think about. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll, you don't have to, we'll keep it on the hush here. All right. <laughs> well, hopefully you get them. If not, you guys will, it's still going to be an awesome documentary. I'm sure it's yeah. 90% done. It's yeah. going to be awesome. We're going to, the movie dojo here, we're going to, we're going to spread the word whenever it comes out. You know how we do here. We're going to mm-hmm. let everybody know about it. Spread the word of awesomeness. Uh, but yeah, I didn't know his son was legit. I was like, holy crap. He's legit too. Just like his dad. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mentioned, you mentioned, uh, oh, Ronnie, uh, you, yeah. Ronnie, you, man. Yeah. Right here, yeah. This is great. So, so you know, when I started at Tai Seng, you know, they were already working on several titles titles at that time, right? So, you know, when I when I got when I got there, they were finishing up, you know, heroic trio and, and executioners. So those weren't kind of not really my titles because because you know when I when I when I started, they, those are already done. You know, those are going to press. You know, they're going to be pressed on laser discs and stuff. So, yeah, and. After you know, he wrote true and executioners. The next title was the bride of white hair. So, the bride of white hair was really the first title that I officially produced for Tai Seng. And you know, by then, I was already you know, uh, really deep into criterion stuff. You know, I noticed you know, what criterion has been doing on the laser desert commentary, bonus feature, and stuff. And I thought, you know what, yeah. why not? Why don't we do that? You know, why don't we? That right. was the one to get. That was a big seller for Robocop, right. laser disc because they had it. It was uncut. Exactly. Yeah, that was a huge deal. And so I said, "Why don't we do this? Why don't we do something like Criterion? It will make a, a lavish packaging and stuff." You know, I mean, it first came out on laser disc, right? So, oh, sorry, oh. that's my wife. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> isn't that what you do when dishes drop? You clap. Is. So, <laughs> is she okay? She's she's fine. Okay. She's fine. Okay. Are you okay? <laughs> so <clears throat> when we first released Bright White Hair on, on VHS and Laser, just, Laser is just, you know, just a nice little package, you know, yeah. two disc set and stuff. <clears throat> so by the time we got to DVD, you know, by then Criterion was in kind of full swing with the commentary and so on. So, you know, why don't we uh, try to do commentaries? And it just so happened I was able to, um, you know, um, I was able to reach out to both Ronnie Yi and... Uh, Peter Powell, you know, Peter Powell is the, uh, well, Peter Powell came later for the Phantom Phantom Lover, but yeah, Ronnie Yee, you know, the director, because he was working on his kangaroo movie, Warrior Virtue at that time, so it was in Toronto. I still need to see that. I know, me too. <laughs> it's on YouTube, of, but, you know. That's one of those, it's on YouTube? 
It's on YouTube, but not oh. very good quality. But yeah. So, okay. I need so anyway, yeah, yeah, that that movie seriously need a legit video release. But so anyway, so he was working. Uh, he was shooting Warrior Virtue in Canada, so we were able to. Um, you know, I was able to fly to Toronto and get him to record audio commentary for both Warrior um, Whitehair and Legacy of Rage. Because you know, oh. we were doing Legacy of Rage, the Brandon uh, Lee movie, yeah. which he also directed. Yeah. So that's how I got hold of him, and of course, when Eureka did bright white hair i said you know what we got to reach out to him again have him do a brand new interview you know i love i love that hair you're sporting oh thank you <laughs> i couldn't you know it's flowing it's flowing yeah <laughs> and i wouldn't be able to stand that kind of hair right now i just love it so, yeah but back then that's I don't awesome know. you met him man that's really cool and, and and you know people forget man it's like people forget that he was kind of the reason for a small shorter period of time that uh, there of kind of the renaissance of horror icons. Oh yeah, know, like yeah. The well, resurrection of oh, yeah. horror Chucky, icons. Yeah, yeah. Chuck, I mean, with both Jason Fran- and yeah. yeah, two Chucky. franchises. Yeah. yeah, Chucky franchise was dead. Yeah, and he in Bride of Chucky was was very popular. It brought it, mm-hmm. brought it new life, and especially mm-hmm. Freddy versus Jason. People don't mm-hmm. people don't yeah. realize that. You yeah, know? he keep it. Yeah, he, he yeah. Well, people love his horror stuff. Yeah. Uh, got one question here. Hold on. All right. I would like to know about Frank's process in condensing TV series like Kung Fu Master and Fist of Fury, epic commentaries on both. Well, I didn't do commentaries on them. Um, oh. I, I did. I did. You know what? I did. I think I did. Oh, I did okay. it with uh, Rick Mar- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's a good question. Um, so back then, there were, you know, we were condensing TV series and making them like a TV movie stuff. So so yeah. those two were Donnie Yen. I had both of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, both of those. So, yeah. so those are originally like 30 episodes, 40 episodes. And I think our editors in in Hong Kong did a great job condensing them into like a four hour movie. I think it was like three hours for Kung Fu Master and two hours mm-hmm. for Superior. I think they did a t- tremendous job. I think that was great. And I think we even have Donnie Yen did commentaries on both of them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we, I think we also did one. I think I think Rick and I and maybe Bobby Samuel did did uh, one for Kung Fu Master. And I think Fish of Fury. I th- I did it with Robert Show on Fish yeah. of Fury. Right, and then for Kung Fu Master, I think I did it with Rick Myers and and Bobby. So those are fun commentaries. Just so, just so you guys know, right, all these commentaries that I'm doing right now, they are done at home. I, I don't go to a studio. These are all done at home now, thanks to technology. I, you know, you know, I was able to do them at home. Uh, yeah. You don't need to rent a studio. So mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess that's why they like me because I'm so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. You know, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, you just use Frank. You know, we can save yeah. on the studio. <laughs> Hey, you we don't know, have to pay for a plane ticket or nothing, you know. Just, pay for transportation, you have to pay for studio. Studio ain't cheap, you know. It's like we talk about three hundred bucks an hour too. But wow. anyway, so but yeah, I mean, I have a you know, all you need is really you know, oh, that's Bobby Samuel. Yeah, my my that's you a know, cool picture. picture yeah, that's cool. so. This was taken from one of those um, auto commentary sections we did at Rick's home. At that time, he was living in a trailer park. He has a wonderful trailer. It's just a nice trailer, very comfortable. Very homey. I even stay overnight. Is that the trailer we're looking at right now? Yeah, he's living in an RV at that time, right? He, he's he got all those a, badass posters and badass posters. In, yeah, <laughs> behind. but yeah, I know. I love his. Um, How cool is that? Yeah, I love his RV home, and I was kind of sad when he told me, you know what? I, I I'm moving out. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna live in a home. You know, an actual home. You know, like a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I said, oh man, I love your RV home. You know, that was that would have been our that would have been our RV home too. We would have I the know. same thing: posters hanging up. 
Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but oh, anyway, so yeah, so 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 what happened was, you know, back then we were doing quite a lot of these commentaries. Again, not at the studio. Mm -hmm. You know, we just had this sound technician guy, Scooter, is great guy. Scooter would bring his digital audio tape recorder and the mics to Rick's home. So me, Bobby, and Rick would just sit all together, watch, you know, watch it. You know, Scooter, the 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 sound technician would just, you know, watch the time calls and stuff, and we just chat, you know, just talk. Yeah. And sometimes we even eat. You know, we were eating while we were doing comedy. We just thought it was kind of fun to, yeah, to to eat and talk. You know, it was just, yeah. you know, we were having a good time. So so yeah, so those commentary were done that way back then, especially right. for like Kung Fu Master. All right, copy that. All right. Yeah. In fact, I'm probably going to work with Bobby again on future commentary for Eureka. So. Oh, nice. That would be yeah. great. With yeah. both of you together, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, Johnny oh, yeah. Toe. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, yeah. Where, where did you meet this, this legend? So this was 2017. San Francisco Film Society did a retrospective on Johnny Toe. Nice. And it was like a week-long retrospective of his film. But he was only there in person for one night okay uh for a little q a so you know hell yeah you know, and at that time we were trying to uh, you know i was still with new asian film festival at that time and so you know i was also trying to see if he's interested in becoming uh, uh you know a guest for the next year you know next the next festival so i went to the you know, q a thing and it was a very frustrating event because they had some Look, I don't know, some intern or some college student who obviously had no knowledge of Johnny Toe's works, no knowledge of film, no knowledge of Hong Kong. I, I think probably he, thought he was Lou Dan Phillips. Well, probably. <laughs> and you know, her her you know, she was the interpreter for Johnny, right? Right. And her interpretation was so horrible. I got so mad. I was just sitting like, I was like two rows. I was I was sitting in like the second row. Okay. Yeah. I was like it's close to the stage. And you know, be, me myself being an interpreter, you know, obviously, you know, I I, I kind of like you know, I have this professional view of how certain yeah. lines should yeah. be should be translated. Right. And right away, I knew this this lady. I mean, you know, he's she's not worthy of doing this for Johnny. You know, uh, you know, who have no knowledge of film, no knowledge of his works. Like right. when she didn't even know the English title of the film. I mean, like he was talking about like I think the longest night, the longest night, or some some other. That's a good movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a great movie, Longest Night. Yeah. So I think she didn't realize, you know, he was saying it in Chinese, of course, and she didn't realize, she didn't know the film's English title. So she just literally translated the Chinese title, which was Dark Flower. Wow. <laughs> and I got so mad. I got so mad. I actually blurted out, it's the Longest Night, right nice. right there. Yeah. You know, and Johnny just looked at me. And then, yeah. you know, they were shocked that somebody would respond like that. Right. I, I just couldn't stand it, you know. So anyway, they continue. Right. And then afterwards, I actually went backstage and introduced myself. saying, you know, I'm from the New York Asian Film Festival, blah, blah, blah. And that's how I met him. And, and you know, we had a great time. We, we chatted for about 10 minutes. Uh, it, it could have gone on forever. But, you know, with things like this, there's always, like, people who, they were trying to tear him away. You know, like, we're like oh, we got to go. You know, Johnny really has to go. And I hate shit that but right. okay. so anyway so you know we talk about election three how you can he said oh you know the script is done but i couldn't make election three if i make election three i'll be disappeared oh <laughs> because, yeah. yeah because oh, what yeah. i talk about election three is actually happening in hong kong right now and Ooh, i think thinking, you know about like triads and how right. you know the the idea that maybe triads and hong kong police are working together and all that stuff right 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 and then also i told him that throw down is my favorite johnny toe film his eye just like you know his eyes open up 
know, he he really wanted to talk more because like when they started dragging him away, oh, we gotta go. You know, Johnny has to eat. He was looking at me. You know, it's almost like he he want to ask. You want to? Would you like to join me? You know. But of course, you know, he's not the host, so he's so, looking at you. Know, he's like, Frank, save me. <laughs> oh, Frank, exactly, exactly. Frank, save me. You know. You know. You know that. So. I wish I could have talked to him more, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just the fact that he told me about Election Three and and how exiled, yeah, yeah exile and I how much love he, exiled, mm-hmm, and how much so he um, he liked the you know he he's so glad that and he kept telling me like when I told him about this film and he said oh you know he said he's all white guy fight not me all white you know he gave credit to white guy fight all the time he he you know he he just feel that a lot of the success of his movies had to do with you know his fellow collaborator white guy fight right right. right. Still, they're but, both yeah. both talented, but yeah, that's really awesome. You got a chance to meet him, man. Oh, yeah, maybe I I know I know Rick still wants to do a versus in the future with a, a Johnny Toe versus. I know he wanted to do that in the future. In, you know, when he first asked me to do versus, right? I, I told you, I don't know when I told you the story, right? I mean, when no, he, no. Had, well, he asked me, Frank, do you want to do versus? I said versus. Well, but I'm I've never seen the film. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was referring. I thought it was referring to the Japanese, you know, the the the, the zombie action, the Sakaguchi movie, yeah, yeah, okay, Sakaguchi uh. movie. So, and then and then and then only like after like a minute, oh, okay, I know, I know what you mean. Now versus, okay, okay, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah I, I always love doing, doing. Versus. I can't wait to watch PTU. I've never seen it. PTU so is a great. Giant I bought program. the new Blu-ray release, so I can't great. wait. It's a wonderful, wonderful giant. It's a, it's a one of a kind film, really. I mean, yeah. Simon uh, yeah, and and like like before, I kept saying "Throw Down." Throw Down is my favorite Giant Hill film. But as I watch PTU more and more, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, you know what? PTU might be this equally a masterpiece as Throw Down. And and I kind of felt that I let down myself in doing the commentary. Dude, I wasn't in the best condition yeah. when I did the commentary for you know whatever reason. You know, not enough research right. or not, not enough time to do more research. And also, you know, there's oh, always sure time. Con- fine. There's always time constraints on doing this movie because you know yeah. there's a release schedule that we have to follow. So, yeah. so in hindsight, I wish I can redo that commentary. I mean, I think what I did was fine, but I think yeah. it could have been a little bit better. Right. But, yeah. So, for all you naked killer fans, <laughs> where'd you run into Carrie here? That was she was our last guest, last Hong Kong guest at the 2017 Hong Kong Film Festival, because um, she had a role in in this film about um, vampire. Uh, vampire department or something, uh, like vampire cleanup department. Okay. So, yeah, she played. She had a small role in it. Was that good? I didn't. See it was that. all right. It was okay. I was curious it was okay. about that one. It was. It was actually not too bad. It was good. Okay. It was entertaining. It was a horror so, comedy. Yeah, comedy and, right. and you know, yeah, Fine. it was good. And and so she was invited to you know, it, it was a, it was kind of like the new um, U.S. premiere, I think. It was right. a closing night film festival, uh, closing night film for the New York Asian Film Festival. So she was the guest. So, so she was right. invited. Cool. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's funny too, because when when I pick, you know, we have to pick them up from the airport. So I pick her up at the airport. Yeah, and I guess she wasn't familiar with New Asian Film Festival, right? And so okay. on the way on the trip from JFK to <laughs> to the hotel, she didn't say a single word. You know, she didn't oh. say a single word. And she and 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 me and other, you know we we and other volunteer we were in the van, right? We were in the the limo van that were taking her to the hotel. And we could feel that she's checking us out. She's trying to find out exactly: are you guys, are you guys for real? Are you, you know, are you guys some dumb, some small, dimpy, shitty film festival, you know, and stuff? So, yeah. So she didn't say a word. And of course, you know, I mean, we're not like, like I don't act like a fanboy. You know, I would never. Right. Like, oh, I love you, Naked Killer. You know, I would never do. Yeah. I would, I would, I would never do any. I treat them just like any other ordinary person. Right. You know. 
I say, you know what? Anytime I like autographing pictures, that can wait. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna show my appreciation for them at the airport or on our way to the uh, hotel. So right. I just treat, you know, I always treat them just like any other people that I pick up at the airport. So anyway, I could feel that she was sensing us out. You know, she was trying to see, you know, like how we are, I guess. Right. And so we drop her off at the hotel. And I said, you know, I'm going to come back later because I have to do some of the stuff first. And I'll come back later and make sure you're okay. And then about a couple hours later, I went back to her hotel room. She was glowing because we got, we got her a suite, man. We got her a penthouse suite. Oh, wow. Okay? So she loved it so much. She said, she's, so, so when I went upstairs, you know, knock on the door, she opened. She's like, you got to come in and look at this. <laughs> said, I cannot believe this view. Look at this view. You know? and yeah, so yeah. She's all smiles. She's all friendly. And she, she yeah. now, you know, we're not, you know, you know, we're not bullshitting. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, I, I'm yeah. sure she'd been to other film festival where she probably wasn't, wasn't treated as nicely. Could or as, be. Probably. Yeah, it could be, you know, you, you take yeah. a chance, so to speak, you know, because of budget or whatever reasons. Right. So some, some, some of the treatment at film festival can be, can, can not, maybe is not that optimal. But I guess once she went to the hotel, went to the suite, and noticed, realized, you know, well, you know, like this is how we respected you. Yeah, all smiles, totally nice. friendly, fantastic. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of smiles, oh yeah, <laughs> that's a story. Eric, um, Eric, I enjoy Eric. Yeah, so he was our lifetime achievement award recipient, also the same year, twenty seventeen. Oh, all right. And what happened was, uh, you know, I go and pick up the guest, uh, Hong Kong guest at the airport. And I waited four hours for him. Uh, he got stuck at customs for four hours oh, because man. it was summertime. It was peak season. So there's a huge line inside and JFK being JFK, you know, they were just, you know, they were just all business, right? So they would yeah. check, you know, they would inspect you or what have you. So, so it was just taking lots of time. So his, his flight landed at like 2.10, like uh, 10, you know, 2.10 PM. He didn't come out until like five minutes after six. But we had to wait. We had no choice. We had to wait. Right. You know, we, right, right. And and finally, like like right before like like right before he came out, actually, someone from Cafe Pacific, because he was taking the, you know, he was flying on Cafe Pacific. Some yeah. some guy from Cafe Pacific actually come out and say, "Are you guys waiting for Mister Mister Zhang? He he will be coming out soon. He's almost done." So, so and then he came out, all guilty because he knew that we were waiting for him. Because yeah. he already knew in advance that somebody, you know, like he was told, we, you know, we, he was he was told that uh, staff or volunteers from the film festival will be waiting for him at the airport. Well, we had to, right? So, right. Anyway, so he knew that we were waiting for him for more than four hours. So he felt very guilty, and he was all, you know, he was pretty quiet. He was pretty subdued on the way to the hotel, and then we had dinner with him and stuff, and. Um, and then we were talking to other guests too, and we were talking. And people were like asking, "Oh, Frank, what are you you know what are you working on?" And I said, "You know, I'm working on this martial arts documentary and stuff." And his eyes, you know, again, his eyes just glow. He's like, "I think he realized, oh, maybe I can do something to kind of make up for me uh, waiting so long for him." Right. He said, "Are you?" You know, I said, "I've been interviewing you know people like Lo Mang, blah blah." Of course, he recognized all these names. He said, uh, "You know what? I'll 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 let you interview me for the documentary." Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that was very nice of him. And so the next day, I just went to his hotel room and we interviewed him. Now, granted, he's really not from that period, right? Because I mean, he started his career, uh, you know, first as a scriptwriter for Cinema City, and then and then you know he was a 
stuntmen and stuff. But you know, by the time he started, he's already past Bruce Lee. Right. But it's, it was still nice to have him because he worked with Lao Gao Lao. Yeah. Right. So go. he yeah. So he was able to tell me stories about working with Lao Gao Lao and stuff. And also how you know how traditional Lao Gao Lao was. And and the funny thing was when we ate with um Eric Zhang, he would hold the rice bowl like this. It's a trick like like I'm trying to see what I like, okay, like this is the rice bowl, right? Okay. So he would hold it like this. This is like the traditional way. Like like if you eat a rice bowl, you will hold it like this, right? right like if right. you eat a like uh, 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 you know, like a Chinese eating a rice bowl will hold it like this, but the, but the older generation, they hold it from the bottom like this. <laughs> okay, like when they're yeah. stopping, like like when they pause, when they pause, when they're eating, like let's say they were gonna take a pause while eating, they would like hold it like this. So that's like the old school way of holding a rice bowl. And he learned that from Lao Gao Lao. Oh, he said wow. that's how Lao Gao Lao ate, you know, the way he holds a rice bowl. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And of course, you know, we all know you've got more famous and popular from the Lucky Stars movies mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, right. uh, but yeah, he's he's fun. I enjoy Eric. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did not expect his fight scene with Anthony Wong in, uh, was it It Man, The Final Fight? Whatever. I was not expecting that fight scene to be uh, like good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Legit. yeah, because well, he, you know, he he's a stuntman. You know, he started out as a stuntman, so yeah. he do have some martial art background, yeah. right? They went at do, it. That was great. Yeah, if you watch uh, My Lucky Stars, there's a stunt that he did to jump over and he actually fell. I, I I mentioned that in my audio commentary for My Lucky Stars that you know what? That's a great stunt. You know, you don't notice it, you don't realize it. You think right. it's a gag, but that's a stunt. Right. Right. Nice. Let's keep it going here. Yeah, MC Yun. So MC again, Yun, I'll be in Fairmore, interview him for interview him for the documentary. It wasn't the it wasn't the most ideal location. It was noisy and stuff. So right. Uh, at least you still got it though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he of course, of, you know, he, what's some he of was your favorite part? works from him. Uh obviously uh Dragon Inn. Um yeah, I mean he he was the producer on the new Dragon Inn with Tony Yen. Um of course, you know, uh sticking the Eagle Shadow. Um yeah. And drunken master. Drunk so, yeah, I mean, he's responsible. Yeah. Jackie Chan stardom, if you think about it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep it going here. <laughs> what else we got here? What are the goodies? What are the nuggets we got here? This was 1999, right? This was 1999 when Simfer did the uh, audio commentary for Writing Wrongs for the you know the, the Tyson Reese of Writing Wrongs, right. and uh, and then we invited her. I went to LA, recorded her commentary. She was like totally professional, no notes whatsoever. She just talked through the whole thing. So if you guys still have that writing wrongs laser disc, that's a collector's item, okay? Oh wow! Yeah, you gotta keep it. That's a collector's item. Um, how cool is uh, that? So how cool is that? So anyway, so I mean, she just did it without notes. She just said, you know, it's like she's like she remembered everything. She that just went great. through the commentary with one take. She, well, I think she might have just taken like one break or something. And right. then so anyway, afterward, we invited her to. The Comic Con panel uh, where we show you know Millionaire Express. Right? We we did a highlight clip of her, you know, like the best fight scenes and stuff. Yeah, and we didn't tell the audience at that time that she's gonna be there. So we just show her stuff in Writing Wrongs, Millionaire yeah. Express. Like the moment, the moment we show that shot from Millionaire Express when he, when she turned her head to, towards Samuel, the whole crowd just roared. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. And then afterwards, Rick just said, "Would you like to meet her?" Okay, uh, I mean the reaction was crazy, and then when she walked out, standing ovation. Oh, like, for like at least man. at least a minute or two. Yeah, that's that's so, good. That's so she was yeah, she, and then she she since came back to be our guest for the panel a couple more times. Yeah, so, nice, uh, nice. And I I might also work with her again uh, soon on future titles. Yes, so, yeah. Mm, we'll keep that on the hush. 
Mm-hmm. You can let me know when we're off the air. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, she's she's great, man. She's really good. All right. She's yeah. Amazing. So this was this was also for part of the documentary uh, because people don't realize that during the seventies, Taiwan actually made tons of martial arts films. Yeah. You, know, you have all the films by Joseph Kuo. You know, like you know, Seven Grandmasters, Eighteen Bronson. Yeah. yeah. World of Drunken Master. You know, um, the. Uh, Born Invincible, that those titles, and you also have people, chess boxing and all that exactly. Thing. And then you also have people like Lee Nam, the director on the left. You know, he did yeah. Hard Crew and the Vicious, Lick yeah. Fighters, and all that. But Wang Dao on the right, that's Wang yeah. Dao right there. Yeah. yeah, Wang Dao spoke perfect English. He went to Texas, uh, Texas uh, University. Oh, yeah, right. a- a- Texas AAM, I think there's an AAM university, I think. So anyway, so that's why he went. It's the same university that um, Trey Hart went. So, nice. so he spoke perfect English. Yeah. So he, he yeah, ranked out on the great. right there. Hot yeah. cool and the vicious, fatal needle, mm-hmm. fatal needles versus fatal fists. Yeah, exactly. Uh, secret, secret rivals. Oh, yeah. Don't get me yeah. started, man. That is just yeah. good. And then stuff. yeah, so he was he was wonderful. So he um, he was great. Lee Zonam, I actually again went back to the Taiwan. The year after that to interview him more a little bit more we needed more materials so yeah nice nice um the other person that you're waiting on w- would it be dorian tan no not dorian tan no. okay okay no. he's not going to be on the documentary no we tried to find him we couldn't find oh him. you tried to find him. Okay. he's supposed to be in la but we couldn't find him oh okay yeah well maybe there was, there was several people we wanted to interview that turned turn us down uh chen wai man chen wai man turned us down Okay. Chen Wai Man, you know, Chen Wai Man was in some of those uh, Bruce Boydation films, right? You know? Right. Yeah, like uh, it was in Bruce Deadly Fingers, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, but he turned us down. That's awesome. You got to meet these two legends here. Though. Yeah, That's really cool. Yeah, they're great. Speaking of other two legends, oh, Mars, yeah, man, of course. Mars and, and Philip. Oh, the late, the late great Philip Cole. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Okay. Rest in peace. Man, he we, was. You good. Know, yeah, he was good. So yeah, Mars. We we. Um, they knew each other, of course. So we decided, why not we just interview them both together? Um, again, at first, Mars was kind of skeptical of who we are because obviously he was on the Jackie Chan stunt team. Right. Uh, by then, he was working in TV, so he was not working for Jackie Chan anymore. But he he said he's always wary of fans using him as an excuse to get to Jackie Chan. Oh, so, I got you. so yeah. So every time when he heard you know, when somebody offered, like, oh, can we interview you and stuff. He, his concern is like you know, uh, maybe he they were trying to get you know get him to tell him, oh, can you can you can you get us you know hook us up with Jackie Chan and stuff. So he just got we tired. he got tired of it. He's like, look, yeah, man. he got tired. Of it. Well, I mean, I didn't mention it. I didn't mention like like yeah. you know, uh, I didn't mention like he, like Jackie Chan was not a must, but if we want to you know we want to interview Jackie, what can we do? He said, you know what, it's virtually impossible now to right. interview Jackie. For someone like like independent producers, because right, you know? right, right, because right. he's basically a company is his manager now, you know, you know. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Marvel's Marvel's great. He gave us a ride back back to because this was in the new territories. It was kind of like you know near the like like in the more in the rural district of Hong Kong. Yeah. And after the interview, he actually gave me a ride back out to Kowloon, back out to the city. So nice. that was nice of him. Um, because he knew you know once he found out what we are here for and stuff, he 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 became. You know, open up and stuff. He was yeah. very nice. You guys, once you realized you guys were legit. Yeah, we were legit. Up. Well, you know, because when he came, he saw us interviewing Philip, and you know, we have the lights. We have, you know, and, and, yeah. he, and he saw and he saw a couple of white loads with me. So he's, oh yeah, with white loads, he he must be legit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
the hairy foreign devil. Yeah, the hairy foreign <laughs> devil, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, these guys, these guys aren't playing. You know, we, we all this setup and stuff. But yeah, Philip was nice. Philip never. When, when, when did Mars uh, uh, become part of the Jackie Chan stunt team? Like, oh, a long time ago. I think like, late seventies. Uh, late seventies, like, right? Yeah, late seventies. Dragon right? Lord. Dragon Lord, uh, Young Master, I think maybe okay. even Young. Okay. Oh, you know, he was in the End of the Dragon. If you spot him, he's in. That's right. Mark was in the End of the Dragon. That's right. He was one of the guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so awesome. Hey, yeah. Im- imitate Sheken at the end, calling out the names. Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. do uh, imitate Sheken, calling oh. out the, calling out the names. Oh, oh, oh. Wang Fang, Chung Kai, Dana, Go, Sakai, Sakai, kill him, kill him. Wang Chung, Lee Go, Sakai, Macho. <laughs> that was great. That was great when you did that on our Kill him! Kill him! <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, we're having fun here. Philip yeah. Coe, man. I mean, speaking yeah, of, I mean, we just talked about eight diagram pole fighter. Right. Well, and we, you know, so we good. never knew. I mean, we just knew he was sick. He was, you know, he was ill. But yeah. we, you know, we never knew. We knew what it was. I mean, we kind of we sensed it was cancer because when we met him, he said, "Oh." You know, I just like like I'm just you know I did chemo a few weeks ago or something. You know? So, <sighs> yeah, but he, he was it was good. You know, he yeah. he 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 was all right. He, he seemed he, happy. He seemed happy, and legend. he talked about legend, legend. Yeah. So only did he when he died, it everybody found out that he had cancer. So oh, maybe, yeah. maybe he kept it a secret. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Some people are like that, you know. Mm-hmm. You know? But he's a. He's a legend, though. He'll always be remembered fondly. Mm-hmm. Right here, is this? Are we going to get some shots like this for the documentary? Oh, this is yes. So, uh, like I said, my my uh, my business partner in Hong Kong, he used to work at Shaw. He saw his career at Shaw. So, so we, you know, David, my co-producer, <laughs> said, you know, I really wanted to take, you know, shoot some footage of Shaw, and so the my business partner convinced Shaw to let us go there. Like there, just there, just this area. This is right by the entrance. Okay, so this yeah. is what's left. This is basically is what's left of the old Shaw Brothers Studio. This is um, this here, this um, facade here. Man, that's cool. Okay, this is their original entrance. Wow, right to the studio, and then behind it will be all the studio lots and all that stuff. So those are all gone. I mean, all you all gone in ruins and decay. So anyway, so what happened was, we got there. We were told, okay, you can shoot for like maybe twenty minutes, no more than thirty minutes, and you have to go. So, what happened was, while I was there, the, you know, my co-producer, his camera cameraman, sneaked into the back and just started shooting stuff. Whatever he see, whatever they saw, they just started shooting. I know, yeah. I know. And then, <laughs> and then when they didn't come back after twenty minutes, you know, we got really worried. My my business partner got really worried. Because he would be in trouble, you know. Right. And right, and then, right. and then, so after like another fifteen minutes, they finally show up and then say, oh, we "Gotta go, okay. we gotta go." And the oh. funny, and and then the funny thing was, as we were leaving, Mona Fong, Mona Fong, who was the head honcho of TVB, because yeah. you know Shaw was now uh, TVB is not part of Shaw. So right. so you know where the old building was on the side of it is the new office building. And Moto Fong, you know, she she passed away now. But Moto Fong at that time, she was up there at her office. She she saw us. She turned yeah, around yeah. and saw us, and she saw us leaving. So uh, I guess, and then uh, so what I found out from my business partner was, she called the security guard and asked, "Who are those people?" Right. <laughs> and then and then my partner kind of got a little scolding, but everything turned out all right. Everything was okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
It was like a warning. Like, make don't like don't do that. Well, no, that's not a warning. You, oh. can, you can never you can never do that again. <laughs> no warning. It's just like you know, right? Uh, you know, but but no. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they they couldn't resist, right? I mean, they just yeah. I mean, just come on. To. I just I just told them you know I, at that time I told them, you know just just to, you know shoot footage around this yeah. this old building, this office building and stuff. Yeah. They just went all the way all the way back. All the way back, man. They found they found like you know, they found canisters, film canisters, like the abandoned wow. places. Uh, feel like there's this abandoned screening room and that stuff. And yeah, yeah, all, all, they were still there. They're still is, there. Did you hear of any Shaw Brothers films getting lost? I, I know back in the early days, some you know, like like they like they said for the old Doctor Who, for example, episodes. There's there's lost episodes because. Either the films got burned or dissolved, or they just, or they just were like, "Well, no one's going to watch these again." <laughs> well, they, maybe we air the episodes I, and then we move on, you know? right? Maybe, but I think they did a good job preserving whatever they nice. have because you have to remember, you know, Shaw Shaw really started their empire in Malaysia and Singapore, yeah. and you know that's where they really built their fortunes, right? And then they came to Hong Kong and they started doing all these movies, you know they. Like I went to Malaysia two years ago, and I, you know, I I, I went by one of the short old Shawbrother theaters. Just have the Shaw logo on there. So, you know, yeah. they started way back in Malaysia. So, and and you know, they came from you know, Run Run Shaw came from this elite rich family. So obviously they have they have some money. So I think they did a really good job preserving their movies. You know, remastering them. You keep in mind they remastered them twenty years, more than twenty years ago when they first came out yeah. on the Region Three DVDs. They still look yeah. good, of course. The Blu-rays, Blu-rays will look much better. The celestial uh, spent, pictures, right? Yeah, yeah celestial pictures. And they actually I started. Might, I might actually still have somewhere the newspaper clipping about that news that those Shaw Brothers movies were going to be remastered. Exactly. I might have that still somewhere. I don't know. Right. Maybe, right. They announced, maybe I can yeah, scan they, and send you that. <laughs> right. Yes, please. You know, they announced it. We're going, start this, yeah. we're going to start this company called Celestro, and the, the main purpose is to, you know, distribute, remaster these films. And right off the bat, they start doing, what, I think, 10, 10, like 10 titles a week, and then at the yeah. end, they have all these titles, you know. Yeah. But now, now they're on... Amazon, I mean, not Amazon, they're on Netflix yeah. right now, you know, it's Amazon come a long way. Yeah, come you name it. Way. My understanding is those those DVD did not sell well at all, That's at least not locally. The, the early Celestial early, Yeah, the, all those Region 3 ones, they didn't mm. sell well at all. That's so they were really, I think they lost quite a bit of money. I mean, I'm just guessing. But yeah. my understanding, because they're Region 3, so, you know, like, if you're in the U.S., you couldn't watch them. You have to have right. a multi-region player. So that kind of limited. I the, gave in. I said, I need an all region. <laughs> DVD oh, yeah. Player, man. It's, it's a no brainer nowadays. Yeah. yeah so. But, uh, but you know what? This last shot is the perfect way to go ahead and just end this wonderful interview. That's right. The legend himself, Frank. Thank you so much. Thank well, you thanks, so much for Samurai. With us. Thank you for yeah. having me. Uh, you come back, like good. I said, it's your second home, man. Come back at any time. And, plug and something, just, advertise yeah. something, or you just want to talk movies. You know, let me know because yeah. I know. I just want, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I just want to say, you know, I, 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 I've said this before in my commentary for Eureka and ADF. I mean, it's like this is like a second career for me in terms of Hong Kong movies, and I'm so grateful for it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I left Tai Seng 13 years ago and never thought I would go back to doing this. You know, and then when, you know, like a year after I left Tai Seng, when I stopped, when I, when there are no more titles for me to do, you know, at Tai Seng. When when I, I didn't go to Comic Con for a few years, and you know, I felt kind of sad too. You know, I was like, oh, maybe this is it. 
you know, no more, yeah. no more involvement. But then things keep coming back. You know, first I've the New York Asian Film Festival. Yeah. And you know, we have the uh, Comic Con, and you know, we come back with Comic Con panels, and then now we have Eureka Eighty Film. So, so I, you know, I'm cherishing this. I'm so glad that I'm so glad people. Uh, enjoying my commentaries, and I, and I, I, you know, I guarantee I try to do my best on each and every single one of them, and I hope you enjoy all of them. You know, I, and I just hope I'll keep doing, keep doing them until we run out of titles forever, forever <laughs> and ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, we all we love you, man. I mean, it's, it's an honor to have you here, and it's an honor to have you every week for verses for crying out loud. But I was like, yeah. we got to do something. We got to get Frank alone and uh, have him tell his stories, tell his tale of uh just a, a, a so many years of dedication and hard work and and uh really doing you know doing doing your thing my friend for the fans that so we can enjoy mm-hmm. it so make sure you buy those 88 film blu-rays buy those eurekas that's right hey dig out those old Thai things for fun mm-hmm. buy a multi-region uh, player please yeah, yeah yeah it's not difficult if samurai that's can cool. get it off it's amazon cheap. yeah <laughs> yeah it's cheap it's not expensive yeah you know? yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. yeah definitely keep supporting frank that's right. And support your boy, Samurai Guy. If you're new here, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Share this video. Spread the word of awesomeness of Frank. That's right. <laughs> share the video. He is the man. He is awesome. And he also is a good dancer. Uh, Perfect way. Perfect way to end it end oh. right there. <laughs> this oh. is what happens when you come on the Samurai Show, man. I'm I just know. a knucklehead. Yeah, you go. All right. Uh, but, yeah, man, like I said, you're always welcome to come back anytime, every week. Yeah. And, guys, you know. please, yeah, keep buying these titles. If you keep buying these titles from Eureka AD Film, I guarantee you there will be more classic Hong Kong yes. movies coming your way. This is yes. the only way for – if you want more movies like this, you have to keep buying them, please. That's right. And uh, until next time, my friend. Don't go anywhere, Frank. Take care, right. guys. Thanks. Oh, actually, actually, tomorrow we have some more guests here at 7 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. So uh, if you want to stop by and hang out again with a samurai, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Did you have one tomorrow, more? Are you, are you doing verses tomorrow, though? The oh, my thing? God. Oh, my God. What day is it? What year is it? Wednesday. It's tomorrow like Jumanji, the Jumanji meme with the old Robin Williams. What year is it? Tomorrow <laughs> is verses. So horror fans... Show up. Halloween versus Nightmare on Elm Street tomorrow. Yeah. You don't want to miss that. That's 6 p.m. Pacific time. And then Friday Bye. at 7 p.m. is the guest. Sorry about that. All right. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, Fast Samurai. Take care, everybody. Bye.